wouldn't uh, necessarily say, guys, welcome to Mentally Sound right here on Gravity Radio Northeast. This is obviously uh, the brilliant Mentally Sound radio show, show 14. And as I was about to say, I'm usually not someone who uh, who likes sort of, uh, I guess, dancey, dancey tunes, but I quite like that. Uh, but I, I've actually heard of Flo Rida. Um But uh, yeah, so anyways, it's, <laughs> it's not uh, usually... You're on your own there, mate. I'm sorry for that, but yes. Uh, welcome, everyone. Uh, obviously, this is Mentally Sound right here on Gravity Radio Northeast. Like I just said, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do so on Twitter, which is at underscore mentally sound, as well as uh, mental, mental, mentally sound radio at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to email us but uh yeah a really really exciting show got for you guys obviously uh huge thank you for tuning in again obviously uh, we, we do this every month if you're not aware of the show where we talk about mental health uh in a more sort of positive uh upbeat and kind of uh dispel some of the stigmas out there obviously so um it, it's fun as well i was explaining this to a mutual friend of mine the other day where i was like so what what kind of stuff do you do and i'm like well we, it's not a depressing thing i i hope people are aware of that that like we don't just sort of st- uh, talk about something um really sort of random and uh, a little bit um disrespectful <laughs> we, we, we we try and be funny fun is what i'm saying as well so as you heard in the background my good friend ricky is uh today's co-host uh a permanent co-host now does that make you happy <laughs> um it's it, it put me on a certain pedestal <laughs> before, so thank you very much for that of course yeah uh, well welcome ricky how are you how, how are you i guess which is obviously I'm the most bad. appropriate question i've had uh, a call for most of the week so um in case it doesn't help. listeners at home might think I sound a little hoarse, they'll know why. <laughs> uh, it's because he's turned into one. Yeah. <laughs> if you hear the odd crunch of a lunch yeah, yeah. or, <laughs> or a slip of a lemon sip, uh, <laughs> other warm lemony drinks are available. Yeah. Then. <laughs> it, uh, he's not a horse, but... <laughs> <laughs> Ricky, are you a horse? No! <laughs> Sorry, terrible. How are you, by the way? I'm good, man. Uh, I, I, I was sort of excited, and um, it's actually it's a good it's a good thing you said that in relation to because uh, you'll be aware of this that um, obviously um, are, are you going to be involved in mental health at all? You know the, the the website. I know that you've been talking to Gary about oh, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've just uh, done some um, t-shirt. Oh yes, yes. He told that um, told me that last time. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm modifying that. He, he likes what's done so far, and I'm going to sort of sort of rectify a few certain things. But yeah, I do. Um, as I've said so previous, I, I tried blogging not that long ago, mm-hmm. and I found it very kind of dark, and I found it in a way quite distressing to do. But and he was now, reading, my, he was reading my blogs when he thought yeah. that. <laughs> but now that I've kind of opened up on radio and talked about it through this medium, I don't think blogging will be as big a, uh, more disturbing challenge for me to try now. Mm-hmm. So. Something like his uh, website might will be a good starting block for me. No, um, uh, I have to say, and I mean, obviously, you might not, you might not. You did one for him. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to touch on that. That um, obviously, I mentioned this on a previous show that I actually did a blog, um, about my sort of troubles I went through at hospital and various other things, um. And it was really therapeutic, and one of the reasons I did it is because of that uh, point, and I got some very, very, really, you know, quite kind feedback, because obviously when you open yourself up to that level about something that, that means a great deal, you kind of worry about what the reaction's going to be. Um, but I find blogging in that sense really therapeutic, and um, the reason I bring it up is because you asked me how I was, and it was to do with... Um, I wrote another my second blog for that website because I kind of just do it like once a month type thing. 
And uh, my my most recent blog is just about like kind of the pros and cons of living alone with mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of mental health is the is the the the, the sort of side feature of it. Mm-hmm. And um, I wrote a blog about that recently because I guess That's in terms an interesting of interesting feature. That yeah, I've never really heard it in that context. Yeah, yeah. Someone well, living alone with the well, the reason I'll say that, and again, I guess uh, I'm frank on my podcast for those that listen to my podcast that are aware of how brutally honest I am because I think that's the best way of being mm-hmm. but I guess obviously this is the in relation to mental health this is an appropriate place to, to bring it up is that um um for whatever reason I think well maybe it was the web series I was working on because uh, it take, took a lot of uh, time out is that um I started to feel really depressed um and I was trying to work out why that was. Like, there was an element of burnout that I was obviously, I was kind of working myself too hard. Really and kind of zapped a lot of energy. Yeah, which, which obviously doesn't help when you've got a mental health issue. Um, and yeah, so I was trying to sort of work out why I was feeling kind of down because I wasn't like sort of um, like depressed to the level of like I, I was in a bad place, like people should worry yeah. about me. I was just I was just down all the time, like which which I'm used to. I mean, yeah. though anyone listening to this with a mental health issue knows exactly what that feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like to the point of it's, it was, I actually described it to someone as the worst I felt since I've been uh, in my flat because having your own flat is really beneficial. Um, but I started to think about it and try to think, well, why am I like, it's not just my mental health at play here. It's focusing on something that's bothering me. So I tried to work out what it was during the time I was taking time off. And, um, it was to do with the pros and cons of living alone is that like the great thing about being alone when you've got a mental health issue or in general is that you, you've got like your own personal safe zone where you can be yourself and, and you don't need to necessarily worry about other people. The downside is, um, which is what I explained in this blog is that the reason I was feeling that way is just like the element of being lonely. Um, and I try to describe, and I try to wrote a blog about it because whenever you say lonely, I'm interested to know what you think. Whenever you, when it, you know, I'll ask you in a second. It's just whenever you sort of say lonely to somebody, they think you mean like, again, like I just described, like suicidal and like you hate being on your own and all this kind of thing. And I, I tried to clarify it in this blog by saying, um, actually I enjoy being alone some of the time. Like I, I like having days on my own and uh, doing my own thing. Cause I, I, I'm quite introverted in a pri- in, in, in my private life compared to now. I'm, I'm definitely an introvert. Yeah. Probably. I, I, we've discussed this privately before. I know, I know this, I know this. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to say like loneliness is, I, I was trying to explain in this blog, loneliness, I think is much more profound and much more complicated than that. And I described it as like, you know, like, cause one of the downsides of being on your own, uh, which is what I explain is that, um, you, everyone thinks you're okay because you're on your own. Like, that's where he wants to be. So, like, people kind of just assume you're all right. If you, if you see what I mean, like, so, whereas when I was living at home, um, people would like, ask me to go out because they're like oh you've got nowhere to kind of be yourself so let's go out and do things and that's happened a lot less since i've had my own place and Mm -hmm. i was kind of just describing like that's kind of the assumption people make when you live on your own that's kind of quite um hard to hard to sort of uh um to describe really which i think it's like two sides of the coin yeah because it's like um I know when I'm alone, there's, there's a huge part of me that what because I feel inside I'm quite gregarious. So yeah, um, <laughs> when I'm in company, like-minded company, I can excel and I can talk. Where I, I never probably I wasn't kind of used to doing that. I definitely wasn't like that at school. I was very very much a loner and kept myself to myself. But at, on, the, on the same point. When I'm with company mm-hmm. and it takes a certain while, there's a part of me that's like looking at the clock and thinking, God, when, when am I going to get my me time because I really need it now? Yeah. Where I can have a breather and I can just take stock of what's just happened. And, that's a good know, point, yeah. And, and you can sort of like assess the situation because 
uh, having it all full on like that is just really hard for an introvert to swallow. Absolutely, yeah. So you have to write, kind of pan it out, and so you know. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I don't know what you think, but I, I, I was talking about this. That I had uh, a lunch with a friend of mine before we started the show, and we were talking about this idea of that, like when you when you're perceived as an extrovert, everyone assumes you like that the entire time. And I always kind of make the point of that's not not necessarily true. Uh, is that you you often find people who are extroverted in a social setting when it you very often opt up op, very often are polar opposites like in that um when i'm at home mm-hmm. um i can be that way if, I, if i'm in that frame of mind but for the most part i'm actually a, like you know freakishly quieter compared to a social setting because i guess it's because i value just as much being with someone as i do having my own mm-hmm. space that's kind of i think the key point and what you said is a really good point because i was going to say <laughs> this blog's been released in a few days and um on, on as i said on mental health which is gary pollard's site who's been on before and um yeah i just talked about the pros of it as, as you just touched on you made a really good point was um whenever i'm in like a party or a social setting and i'm just not in the right i'm just not feeling it or i'm not enjoying it then it's such a great feeling to know you've got your own place to kind of just make an excuse what do you like that's a good point good question um it's a bit hit and miss to be honest with you which everyone finds a bit bizarre with me because again i come across as this really friendly up for anything guy which i am for the most of the part but i can really detest parties like to the point of where i'm like this is pointless Um, i don't mind the the uh, the kind of small occasion house parties oh yeah um oh good because i was thinking of having one very soon actually (laughs) of which you'd be a proud member because you'd be amongst like-minded people which is why you're there but these big general formal... oh my friends are horrible you're not <laughs> <laughs> these big open open sort of formal parties that you associate yeah. with like birthdays weddings and stuff i find them really quite hard to um deal with because i always feel i have to put up a front um it's it's something i think it's going to be a topic we're going to bring up later on actually um mm-hmm. but this thing about when you introduce it's like the small talk aspect when you talk when you see people and oh, ask yeah. you how are you and you <laughs> almost you have to feel that you've got to give a positive answer. Actually, I'm quite well. I'm very well. Yeah. Because for the most part, I, 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 do you find that when people say, how are you, in that sort of um, environment, that uh, they're actually just saying out of politeness and they don't really want a, a real answer? <laughs> I always kind of think that. I think that. that I think there's a Like, what if you went, really oh, I'm actually really suicidal, and like, I, how people would respond if you were being brutally honest with them. Yeah, I, I mean, but I guess we all have to lie, white lie in that sense, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I think this is going to be brought up later on. Actually, yeah, of course, but, yeah. But I think, you know, if... If you were at a party and you, and you walk around with a with a plaster around your leg, I mean, it's it's a good story, isn't it? And yeah, yeah. <laughs> How did that happen, you idiot? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if, you, if, if you've had some men- stairs, mental yeah. health issues, how do you turn that into a story? How do you mm. sort of, you know, put, put that in a conversation? And that's well, it's funny when I described this to my mutual friend about what we do here. I was like, um, I, I, want, I don't know if you agree with this uh, assertion that... Um, do you think there's an element of when when we sort of talk on this show about like we, we talk obviously about really taboo serious subjects that most people won't touch, mm-hmm. and yet some of the time we talk about stories which you know on the on the on the sort of basic level is really quite um you know a serious subject and people might be reluctant to talk about it. Whereas we've told stories on the shows we've done here where we've talked about something that is ridiculous. I'm guess what I'm trying to say is you think mental health is funny and there's some aspects of mental health that are funny like i could tell you stories about me with my bipolar disorder where i've done ridiculous stuff like the the common joke i do about bipolar disorder is when you when you're hypermanic you just suddenly are like right guys uh, ricky i know you're a friend of mine and if you really care about me we're all going to go to india 
Um, we're just going to all move. Get get your bags together. We're going to go. And you might go, Stephen, that's not possible. And I'm just like, come on, man. Let me be, let's be optimistic. Yeah, like, in a clapped out, out Volkswagen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And let's just pull our money together and get a camper van. Yeah. Like, I've always wanted a camper van. Like, you just don't, it's unrealistic, but funny. And obviously, there's a million stories I could tell that I've read about bipolar disorder. Like, the famous one, I've, I think I've told this before, where a guy uh, thought he was Jimi Hendrix on guitar. And when he, when he, when he got out of his manic episode, he threw his guitar out the window in a fit of rage and broke his guitar, <laughs> which was, uh, which is like, so yeah, he just suddenly realized he wasn't Jimi Hendrix and got angry about it. Um, but that yeah, was a, that was a moment he realized he wasn't. Jimi. Yeah. He's like, suddenly I'm not Jimi Hendrix. What the hell? So yeah. So it's kind of funny, but, um, but yeah, um, so I wanted to ask you because we said about this earlier and then we're, obviously we're going to, I'll talk about what's coming up in the show, but, um, cause we had a bit of extra time, we should say, cause we had a last minute cancellation, uh, is, um, so yeah, I just wanted to touch on this thing about loneliness. Did you agree with that that premise I said of the you know when people say oh, I'm lonely, they they kind of take it in a basic sense. I know we may probably be touching on this later on, but in um, one part, yes. But I mean, I'll be honest with you, Steve. It's hmm. when 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 I Please talk do. here about loneliness, I've I kind of had it more associated with a love life aspect. All right, yeah. Like, well, I, I did kind of obviously mend it that way as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I guess they both still count. But, yeah. I mean, there's there's loneliness in, in a craving for uh, company for like yeah, minded yeah. souls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's... also for having somebody else in, in in your life that you can share it with. Yeah, I um, have. Yeah, and I I don't I don't. And I know that's yeah. something that we we discussed before. We would like to talk about on the show about. Yeah. Yeah. Or like mental dating amongst the mental health these sort of websites that have yeah god you yeah we must talk we'll talk on that we'll talk about that later and like it's when we get an, an, an extra bit of time because you because yeah. we haven't talked about what you told me about like there's a dating site just for mental health people have we talked about this on few, the show there's a few. yeah that that fascinated me we should definitely talk about that mm-hmm. uh, at some point in the show but um yeah that's interesting um but yeah, so in terms of, uh, we, oh, uh, we should mention as well, obviously I'll say what's coming up in the show, but also we should mention that um, our award ceremony for the award we got for um, uh, is uh, on the 27th of April this this month, and I'm going to be heading down to collect the awards, so that's cool, um, in terms of, um, well, we're nominated, I should say, but it's like an award ceremony silver thing. Spoon, yeah? yeah, the silver, yeah, we're going to get the wooden spoon, I think, yeah, but, well, but you know, it's a good opportunity, um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to be actually as well, we should say, just to kind of plug for the next edition, is that um, I'm going to be taking some recording equipment with me so hopefully you get a chance to talk to some of the people who run that award ceremony and obviously um and uh, so we'll report in next month how we do mm-hmm. um so that's something about next month's show is there anything our second uh, award that i mean within just well yeah our nominee just, yeah yeah just over a year and two two pretty award, amazing yeah. yeah and a national award which is pretty sweet yeah. so yeah and so yeah that's pretty exciting so yeah is there anything you want to mention in terms of like next month's show is there anything we need to bring up the um, next month's show just just because i was plugging next month's show i'm just wondering if there's anything we need to say don't uh, think so. No, oh, is the awareness uh, week happening soon? Because that was oh, what yeah. Bill. Yeah, we should, maybe we should mention that because Bill, who wasn't in, yeah, was the awareness I mean, week wh- happening soon? I think soon? what will hopefully happen there. For, I mean, Bill said that asked him ideally like to come in before that and talk about it. But if, if I'm if, sure, if, if we health, could get him. I'm sure Stephen Mental Health News will bring it yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. anyone who's took part in any event over Mental Health Awareness Week could, could can always come on the next show and talk. about Of course, it. yes. Well, anyway, obviously that's the next month's show. But in terms of this show, let's stick with uh, t- uh, today's uh, episode. Is obviously we've got a we've got a quite a lot of uh, live guests. Uh, a couple of last minute cancellations, so uh, that's why we got a bit more time in the intro than we usually do. Uh, Stephen's going to come in, uh, um, who is actually st- uh, one of st- uh, who Steve um, Steve O, who's um, doing mental health news. Uh, Aston, you did a pre-record with them about Atos Healthcare, who are the people who do, um, for 
those who don't know what that is, um, it's the people who um, get assigned by the government to do um, to check uh, like your health for your health benefits. You know, like uh, employment support bit, bit allowances. Yeah. yeah, yeah, employment support allowances, PIP, all that kind of stuff, which I know a lot about. So I'm in, excited to and talk it's to them about it. Always in the news now. Always here. Yeah, especially with all yeah. the benefit cuts yeah. that happened recently. So it's uh, obviously a topical thing. So it's obviously we're going to cover that in great detail. Yeah. So what we're going to do now is uh, Steve, uh, as I say, who does mental health news, did a pre-record with Stephen about that, uh, touching on sort of uh, a little brief outline of his history and uh, his current uh, situation. Uh, he actually uh, works for Mental Health Northeast as well, uh, who has been interviewed. So um, we talked to him about that because they're part of the people behind the scenes in this uh, in this radio show. Um, so yeah, it's a really really uh, interesting interview. I listened to it last night. It was really really fun. And then Stephen, uh, who's being interviewed, is going to be in the studio straight after to kind of elaborate on the pre-record you're just about to hear. So we're going to play this pre-record right now here on Mantley Sound, right here on Gravity Radio Northeast. And then when we come back, Stephen's going to join us uh, live in the studio. So guys, enjoy. Yeah. Hi, this is Steve O'Driscoll reporting for Mentally Sound. And today I've got the pleasure of speaking to Stephen Wedderburn, who works freelance at Launchpad and is a good colleague and friend of mine. And he's here today to talk to us about the Atlas Medicals and the process that you go through. So welcome, Stephen. Um, could you Thanks. just tell us a little about the bit about the process of the Atlas Medicals? Uh, yes, um, you get a form called an IB50 to fill in. Okay. Um, this is one of the few forms now that you have to do um, on a piece of paper that all other forms for applying for benefit are usually done on expensive phone lines or uh, done on computer. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this IB50, uh, you've got to meet certain criterion, um, which are plucked out of the air right. to meet. And um, if the person who assesses the form and um, makes the decision, the decision maker, yeah. uh, doesn't think you um, meet the criterion, then you you don't get get uh, invalidity benefit or um, any kind of sickness benefit. Um, then, uh, as me, uh, I I've uh, been through four um, atos reviews. Well, that's a lot, Stephen. That must be quite daunting, is it? And worrying as well, I think, at the same time. It is an exceptionally harrowing experience. Um, and I got the support from North Tyneside Disability Forum. Brilliant. Um, unfortunately, I've heard that they've um, now been uh, underfunded and had to close their doors. Mm. It's the same all over with these uh, help groups. Yeah, there's been a lot of cuts, hasn't there, to, to um, kind of support groups as well that are vital for people in the community? It's absolutely horrendous, Steve. Um, yeah. All I can say is that... If you haven't got the support, it's going to be a very, very bad process. It was bad enough when you got the support. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, when I was seeing North Tyneside Disability Forum, who were helping me fill in the forms, I'm no, absolutely no good at filling in forms. Mm -hmm. I don't think logically enough. And a lot of them, um, the questions on them forms are quite repetitive, Stephen, because I've also been through the process myself. Um, they do everything they can, Steve, to catch you out. Yeah. If yeah. one answer doesn't correlate with another, 
therefore uh, ask you further questions and um, basically once um, once you get the decision um, as I did um, you either decide to fight the decision or uh, get job seekers allowance right and in, in your sort of like experience of the Atos Medicals would you advise people to challenge the decision to get if it's not the one that they're looking for yes I would but be prepared for a long drawn out stressful battle mm-hmm. because these um, Atos Medicals are conducted by people who are just Filling in a form on a computer, yeah, um, who hardly ever look at you uh, when they ask you questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're so busy looking at the computer screen, trying to fill in a tick box questionnaire, right. which has ready set answers, and they adapt what you say to those uh, question, um, you know, sort of uh, online answers they've got. So they, yeah, it's. Uh, it's a nasty process right so no doubt I mean when you're saying they're staring at the computer you'll probably when you, you were in that uh, interview probably felt like they weren't even listening to what you were saying it wasn't person centred it was just it's certainly you know, not right? it's certainly not they're more interested in computer the computer than uh-huh. uh, it's not person centred at all right. and could I just ask him because um I was refused benefits, but I pushed myself into work. When you put an appeal in for your benefits around mental health, is your money suspended until you get the decision overturned, or what um, happens there? You uh, get the basic rate of job seekers allowance or employment support allowance, which is about £73 a week. Right. If you pass the... Um, Tribunal, or um, it would get an extra £30 a week, which is what I'm on now. And um, that, while waiting for that um, tribunal decision, uh, decision makers' decision, it's very, very stressful. Yeah, I mean, did it affect your mental health at all? Going through the, the, the medical or the assessment four times, it sounds quite daunting. Uh, very much so. It was. Um, I got extremely run down, mm-hmm. um, extremely worried. Um, I wasn't financially secure. Um, I didn't know who to talk to except for Launchpad. Yeah. And uh, they eventually, on my third assessment, they wrote a letter to the tribunal, which was taken into account. And um, the the judge uh, informed his clerk to phone me up and said, you don't need to come in. We've accepted everything you've had to say. Right. Um, right. So all thanks to Launchpad for that letter. But um, the, whole, the process still is debilitating, you know, it's almost as if your your future depends on this one assessment. Yeah, because I, I remember mine. I mean, I was volunteering here at Launchpad, and when I got that letter through the door, my heart dropped, and I just didn't know what to expect. And, I mean, on day-to-day like now, Stephen, do you, do you kind of feel pressurised into doing things that you don't want? Because I would imagine there's some days you probably don't feel too good. 
Do you feel like you're badgered into, into doing um, limited hours? I'm um, really a lot happier now um, I've got this ESA support, but it runs out at the end of this year, and I have thinking I have to go through this whole process again. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm going to talk to Alistair Launchpad um, if, well, as soon as he comes in um, and just let him know that I am getting increasingly worried what's going to happen mm -hmm. because um, you read the papers, uh, you watch TV and it's all bad news and it's it going to get worse. Yeah, and I mean every day they'll make a decision and then a couple of weeks later they'll, they'll reverse the decision and they'll pressurise people and it's making people unwell and I believe that some people have actually took their own lives through benefits. I believe um, you're right in saying people get so distressed and they don't um, have anyone to talk to. Mm -hmm. um, men especially are very bad at revealing their feelings. That's it. It's a macho thing, isn't it? Sometimes. It is indeed, and it's yeah. worse in this area of the country as well. Um, yeah. You know, um, all the heavy industry, we work for a living, we provide for our families, yeah. and then uh, the whole world come crashing down because they're no and they see themselves as no longer um, a viable person. Yeah, and they're not providing for their families, and they might have to w rely on their wives a bit more. And okay. it's um, it's horrendous. It's horrendous. I mean, there are people who don't know what's happening. There are people who are, don't care what's happening, and there are, um, the rest of us in this mire of um, just benefit sanctions and so on. It's horrendous. It really is very bad indeed. Yeah, thanks for that, Stephen. And I understand now that you're doing a bit of permitted work for Launchpad, how does that make you feel? Does it give you a, a sense of structure in your life? And how do you feel about that? I feel very good about that. Good. Um, it actually makes me feel great. The only thing um, that's happened is there is a legal loophole while you're on ESA support, you can do permitted work for longer than 52 weeks, right. which I have been doing. But as soon as I lose the ESA support, which I think I will at the next assessment, because um, when he first met me, I looked better than I was. Yeah, yeah. But um, and I think the, the Atlas people will only go on first impressions and... Definitely, if you yeah. don't shake while you're giving an interview, you you're don't lost, get yeah. you, you don't get um, the um, go ahead. And one of the things, if you make your own way there to the actual venue where these uh, people are, you've uh, failed in medical. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, can I just say, Stephen, um, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today, and can I just wish you luck with any uh, medicals you have in the future and and hope that your health stays good. It's been Thank a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks, Stephen. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Mentally Sound. And obviously that was a pre-record uh, with Stephen and he joins us live in the studio now. Hello, sir. Hello, hello, hello. 
Hello, hello, hello. That sounds like we're just starting a musical. Yeah? <laughs> hello, hello. It's off to work we go. Um, uh, but yeah, obviously, uh, thank you so much for doing the pre-record with us. Uh, that's all we have to say. <laughs> it sounds like I'm ending the interview, isn't it? Yeah, thanks, Stephen. Bye. Uh, no, no, um, but yeah, no, seriously, um, the pre-record was really nice. I was listening to it last night and uh, it's something that um, I just guessed off the bat before we get into this is that it's something that's uh, really resonates with me on a personal level. Um, and I'm, I guess there'll be people listening to this who do. Um, obviously, I'm here with Ricky as well, who's gonna who's gonna uh, touch on this. But I guess in relation to your pre-records, because obviously you talk about you know the Atos healthcare that, that that takes place and and the benefits stuff. And I guess so. Can you just sort of um, I guess in relation to so can you give like a sort of summary? I guess of what your situation was, uh, just for the just just in a nutshell. I guess to start with, I have undergone four Atos assessments mm-hmm. with it. Since 2009, um, I have uh, appealed four times. The first time I gave up after a month because it was, I found it such a stressful experience. Mm-hmm. Um, the second time I uh, waited for it and waited for a tribunal, and that was when I first got help from North Tyneside Disability Forum. Mm-hmm. and they uh, helped me uh, sort out the paperwork and uh, prescriptions, which you're also asked to take along. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, when at this first tribunal I went to, the se- after the second assessment, um, the woman who accompanied me from North Tyneside Disability Forum said, oh, I've just seen the name of the judge, you will not get a good hearing from this judge. Wow. And um, it really is a postcode lottery. Um, uh, I guess de- when it gets to, like, the law situation, that's, yeah, the, that's that, the lottery of the law. Yeah. Right? yeah which yeah. which I think that's interesting, is that it's almost like you've lost before you started, which surely isn't the point of a court. The court's yeah, to be impartial. Yeah, yeah. But your lawyer's basically saying you've lost this before it started. Like, that's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, it was no real surprise when I was turned down and had to go on job seekers allowance. Yeah, which is a substantial, which I guess from a financial point of view, is a lot less money, or at least a little. It is, a, um, or lesser. It's, a, I guess yeah. is probably it's the best about um, thirty pounds a week less. Yes. Anyway, mm-hmm. and um, no, that, which is irrelevant, but I get uh, irrelevant in your point. But I guess from a financial, if you just yes, speaking financially, is. then it's a big it deal. Is. And um, also uh, for job seekers allowance, you've got to fill in what they call a job seekers agreement. Yes. And and go after a um, certain amount of jobs within a one and a half hours travel, um, morning and night. Yeah, you basically per have day. To prove that you're looking for work. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Or, uh, or else you get sanctioned, and people I know get sanctioned uh, very easily. Sometimes for. Um, Standing up for themselves and talking out in turn. Uh, we were just talking about this. Yeah, weren't we? yeah. I mean, people also get Off sanctioned area. if they haven't turned up to an appointment, but they, of course, could oh. be could not be feeling very well, not you know, to turn up t- to begin with. Uh, there's an example of a, an unfair yeah, yeah. sanction, of course. Uh, yes, you've um, very good point. Yeah. And that is very, as you say, a very good point. Um, I um, was going to be late for an appointment. I um, actually slept in. Uh, and I rang the, um, the disability employment advisor. Someone else answered the phone and said, 
Um, I'll speak to her, but if you don't make this appointment, we'll um, sanction you, basically, is what she said. And she, she, that person has a reputation for being a little Hitler. Mm-hmm. And um, There's also this thing that was recent, that came in the news about um, that some, some staff have to keep a certain... Um, they've got like targets to 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 sort of hit and yeah. if that if, if, oh, that, God, if yeah. that includes <laughs> hitting on the vulnerable it, it it doesn't matter as long as they can hit that target and uh, well either if they're on target or from hierarchy upper hierarchy within the, the job center staff that they've been told to no you must do this this is what we have to do and say to people you've obviously uh, been on the end of that would you say um i no people who have and that, and um hearing these stories really scares you mm-hmm. um i mean um, my major problem with the job center is that uh any place with security guards on the door yeah. obviously doesn't want you in there yeah. and um i hate them they're the worst part about it mm-hmm. yeah i in would totally agree Stephen. um but um the point about the um uh, people getting bonuses for uh, sanctioning people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, they denied that for years and years, but then it's it sort of out, didn't it? yeah. it's sort of seeped out, mm-hmm. um, rather like um, Mr. Cameron's tax affairs. <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> deny, denial, denial, and then until they need to. Tell oh, the truth. Yeah. Um, yes, I did. To the put in the corner where they're like, "Oh, yeah. did I mean? Did I say no? I meant. Yeah. Oh, did I say no four hundred times? I meant yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but yes. I, I can just tell you some brief stories. In my, uh, I've been, I've been on job seekers before. Um, I'm currently on. T- I'm technically currently on uh, ESA. Um, but it was in in relation to it's it was what was given to me after I had a hospital stint. Um, so I was fortunate enough, and I didn't even have to apply for it. They gave me it because of, of circumstance. Um, but I have applied for it in the past. Um, so I, I and uh, I did go to Atos Healthcare because they recommended I should get PIP as well, which, uh, which is another another thing they test you on. But in but I just wanted to make a quick story about job seekers allowance because it's hilarious to think is that. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, a very quick story about the security. Is it's one of the reasons I hate, hate, uh, I hated going there. Um, I once turned up to my appointment like twenty minutes before it started, and the queue was that long. By the time I got to the front of the queue, because they're so lackadaisical about being quick about seeing people, mm-hmm. is that uh, by the time I got to the front of the thing, I was late for my appointment by two minutes. I was in a queue that was twenty-two minutes long, mm-hmm. and uh, and then they claimed I was late. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't surprise yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, and they went, no. "Oh, you're late by two minutes, so we're gonna we're not giving you two weeks worth of money." And I'm like, "I've been here 22 minutes, and you've literally watched me walk down the queue, mm-hmm. and they have one person on the front of it, and sometimes nobody there, um, and it's like as if they're sort of waiting for you mm-hmm. to like they're just taking that time before they see you, which um, mm-hmm. angers me greatly. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I find the whole process ridiculous. I, I guess I would be a bad host if I didn't bring up the other side of the argument. And see, I imagine there'll be people maybe who aren't got a mental health issue or, or I would say, it sounds like you say a disability in your sense, um, even though mental health is a disability, but I guess mm-hmm. you've got other other issues as well. Is um, Would that be fair to say? Like, uh, you, yes, I, it I, is. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, I, I, yes. I've, I've, I say that because I, I should clarify that I've obviously read notes about you, so I know about this. Is um, 
is that I would just make the point of that there will be people saying to this, it goes, oh, you know, but he's complaining about, I've heard this argument before, which I think is a futile one, but I'll bring it up, is um, people go, oh, well, you know, um, uh, it's benefits, you know, you don't work and you get money for free and all this kind of thing, so why should you complain about something where you're getting money for doing next to nothing? And I guess I'm bringing that up to say, because I obviously have my opinion about that, but what is, I'll throw it out to the floor, obviously, Stephen first, because he's a guest. Is What's your response to people who say that? Well, personally, I do permitted work uh, in addition to getting ESA support. Um, yes. And this permitted work was actually um, okayed by a friendly face at the jobs, local job centre in North Shields. Is, um, is it Mental Health North East you work for? Uh, no, it's Launchpad. Oh, Launchpad, yes. yes. I knew it was one of the two that uh, we were show. discussing that outside. Yeah, this, yeah, Steve uh, said that that's how he knew you, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and um, uh, I can't do it over 10 hours a week, mm-hmm. which um, I have. Uh, and the people who uh, accuse people like me of being scroungers and so on, personally, I am certainly not. I do my best, but I am very limited in yes. what I can do. And I feel Very justified important. in claiming um, a, so help and support because if I didn't have get help and support, I'd be crawling up the walls. Mm-hmm. And It's all about, would you say like on the back of that, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm just sort of clarifying because we bring this up all the time. Do you think it's an, an issue about capability? That, that there's people that don't sort of understand that there's people like yourself and I... I I mean, again, from the outset, I don't know, you know, I've just met you today, like from the outset, I look like a healthy, you know, I have no, maybe have no issues human being, but you know, I have bipolar disorder, which um, affects me all the time. And, you know, so my point is, I know, I said this to my friend last night that I, I'm actually, you know, the the problem is, I claim that I, I think I should get some sort of money because um it affects me to the point of I I can have very long amount of days where I'm I'm unreliable and 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 I I'm certainly unreliable that work full time. Um, so is that kind of the point you're making here? Is that you know you 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 feel like you may you know I, I would sort of include both of us in this scenario of you're kind of discriminated against because people assume anyone that gets on benefits just kind of abuses the system as opposed to people like yourself that really does need it. Is that the point? That is certainly part of the point. Um, because um, there is so much myth and uh, misinformation put out by the media um, trying to prove a point that there uh, are um, a lot of people who are um, misusing the system. And it's very, very few, if any at all. Yes. And the vast majority of people... um, Tarred with the same brush, yeah. ...are tarred, as you say, with the same brush... Um, ourselves, um, you can't see mental illness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you can see a, a broken leg, mm-hmm. you can see a plaster cast, mm-hmm. um, you can see a broken arm, um, and, but even with major health, physical health conditions, um, people are being told they're fit for work. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's the same point. The uh, previous guest, if you remember, Steve, was <clears throat> Jason the Soldier, when in comparison to soldiers coming back with a physical um exactly you know, yeah disability Great point yeah and and soldiers come back with a mental yeah we uh, made the point yeah. issue weren't getting looked at in the same way yeah if they came, yeah. If they the came with i mean obviously you, you want got, everyone to get they the got extra sort of stigma on, yeah. on top of that 
Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's Ricky's point mm-hmm. in a nutshell is to say, uh, Jason said, if you came back with a broken leg or a loss of a leg or something, which obviously you want people to be treated, whatever the yeah. problem they've got, let's, let's be clear on that. But what we're, the point he made is that they would be seen to like get special treatment being because they're in the army and they're mm-hmm. doing like a job mm-hmm. most of us don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's terrifying even to think about. Um, yeah, if you come back with like post-traumatic stress disorder, which is what he had, which Rich, Ricky, Ricky knows all about, is um, you, you're on the same waiting list as everybody else and you don't get treated and then people complain that like, oh, you come back and you've got these problems, yet just because it's mental, they won't mm-hmm. get treated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty insane. It's uh, it's awful when, uh, when you mention that, but it is uh, unfortunately the case. These people who do these ATOS assessments and so on, they don't know what they're looking for. Yeah, it's a um, point you wanted to make, which is very powerful. Yeah, um, And also... Um, in my experience, um, they spend half the time l- looking to f- fit your answers into uh, a predetermined yeah. Yeah. Soft- <laughs> bit of software. Yeah. You know, um, so basically, they're just trying to fit answers into predetermined boxes. Yeah. Mm. Almost um, like they're trying to catch you out to not give you the money yeah. as opposed to a fair thing. Yeah. That's my main problem with yeah. it. And um, most of the time, they're judging you on physical things, which they can see. Yes. And not mental health, which um, is a a major barrier to uh, doing anything. Because there are times when um, I don't feel like wanting to do anything, like get certainly get up and... And go outside. I would change what you said there and say it's not that you choose not to, it's that you're incapable of yeah. doing it. There's a, there's a big difference. Yeah, there. yes. Uh, that's yeah. probably the better way of putting yeah, it. Just yeah, just because when people say, I, I get annoyed when people say, like, you know, I don't feel up to it, people go, well, that's a choice. Whereas people with a mental health issue, it, it, it's the, di- the, the difference between choosing to not get up for an hour and oversleeping is a person's choice. Whereas if we're spending the whole day trying not to jump off a bridge, there's a kind of a difference there like i think that's the thing that most people miss unfortunately we've we've even went a little bit over time here so we need to wrap things up but um i'm glad you brought that up because all i'd say i wanted to briefly say about my situation uh because the story on the back of that which i think is a powerful one um i was going to bring up when i claimed for pip which i was recommended by my doctor when i left hospital because i was uh, i think ricky may have even been around at the time where everyone who knows me at that time knows i was in a really dark place and i was not very well at all compared to now i'm much in a much better place and and they recommended they actually said to me you should also claim for pip as well because you'll need it because i i I was being made aware of you know you're going to have so many symptoms and your body's going to need time to recover that it's going to take a long time for you to get better um, so they said go and get pip went to the atos healthcare thing actually get a taxi because i was so it was so far away from my house that I was like, I'm not going to make it if I don't kind of make this decision. So I did that and um, and got there and uh, explained it. And then I was going to bring the letter, but I forgot to because I was rushed today. It uh, It's a weird letter. It's the first time I've ever seen someone with PIP get given this. I don't know whether I, I may be... Uh, the first I've seen, this probably is another example. I re- The PIP letter said, um, the, the person who did it, actually they kind of personalised the letter and said... Hi, Stephen, like, um, having looked at your thing, I really, really want to give you this money. Uh, it was like a really personal letter and a really, like, standardized letter. And it basically said, like, having looked at your situation and listened to you talk, you're clearly someone that needs this money because you've been put in a really difficult position and you have you struggle every day. But based on your answers, 
I can't give you this money. Because as you said, she said, you just don't have enough sort of physical uh, inclinations that you're going through what you're telling me that I can't give you it. Um, which is just mm-hmm. ridiculous, which is fascinating because I think it shows the difference between physical and mental. Um, I was hoping you were moving there to a good ending with that, but then it, no, kind, of, no. it kind of flipped there. Well, you know, obviously I did get, I did win some battles, yeah. as you know, as I've touched on many Because times, on one so. sense, the person who wrote that was probably looking at it very personally. Yeah. And then, but, but because... But uh, it's interesting that she said, if I had the choice. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean, yeah. I yes, do it. yes, That's they a have a job thing, to do. I think it's a really good way of ending this. They thing, have yeah. a job to do. Um, obviously, thanks so much for doing the pre-record. It's really welcome. fun. And uh, I guess just to, to wrap things up in your regard, so what's your situation now for those that know of you? So you get, you've got the money, you do 10 hours a week, is that right? Up to. Yeah, up um, to, yeah. And, um, but you may lose it again, is what you, I heard you say earlier. Yes, I've got, uh, I'm due another assessment at the end of this calendar year. Okay. And... Um, I was seeing the community mental health team in North Shields last up until last year, and they discharged me with a wellness recovery action plan, mm-hmm. um, which is basically um, gives pointers and uh, symptoms to look for to keep yourself well to stop you going into a dark place. And they waved goodbye to me. I didn't think I was totally cured. And people at Launchpad said, I think you might need some counselling. I have recently finished... hate that word, cured. Um, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Because there's no such thing. Yeah, it's a recovery journey is probably a better phrase. Yeah, but I I guess the point... uh, I, I understand why you said it, but I guess... The, the the way of sort of phrasing it is to say you need to get to recovery where you're sort of dealing with your mental health but i guess the discrimination comes from people assuming that you can get to a stage where where someone hasn't got a mental health problem which just isn't feasible mm-hmm. it isn't it isn't realistic to say that but i i got why you said it. i'm just clarifying for people who yeah, may listen and misunderstand yeah. what you said yeah. so, so but, basically um, yeah. i've just finished six weeks of talking therapies Great. um and um, I've seen the summary of the report, which has been sent to my GP. And that was just yesterday. So you're back up to date. And Brilliant. Thank you very much. That's great. No, yeah. You. And I guess the reason I said that just for people listening is obviously where good luck with everything. And I hope like I know we didn't touch on the sort of cuts happening in the government right now, which I guess we can talk on when we come back. But because uh, we actually got an MP on next, so we can talk, definitely bring the question up with him. Um, because, yeah, just good luck with everything. And we really hope that you do kind of get what you need. And it's um, as I mean, I go along the premise of I trust people say tell the truth and like um, you clearly are someone that and I mean this in the nicest way you're someone that needs kind of the support network that you're currently got and I would hate to hear it here I hate if we got up to you like next year and found that you lost it I think that would be a horrible thing to hear so good luck with everything and we really hope yeah, you get you keep it well um, thank you both very much no and, problem um, Yes, I'll go and have uh, a cup of coffee now. Yeah, great. Thank no you worries, very much. Yeah. And thank you Cheers. so much for coming in. Thanks, man. Thank you. Right, ben. we're going to take a very quick break, uh, and then we're going to have uh, Kayvon Jones, I think. Is, is he available? Yeah, if you could bring him in, Steve, that would be awesome. Uh, and yeah, so we're going to do a quick uh, two-minute, two two-and-a-half-minute song. Uh, this is one of my favorite bands, and I, I was listening to this on the way here, so I thought, oh, well, I sent it uh, as a pre-record. So yeah, we're going to play the Ataris. Uh, this is Between You and Me. I love this band. It's like my, um, I got to meet the lead singer once, which 
was like you should have seen me, Ricky. I, I, was just, so I just liked Atari computers. That's yes, <laughs> that's what they that's what they named themselves know, after. Know, yeah, know, which is kind of cool. So like, I I like that you got the reference. But yeah. there you go. So yeah, we'll be right back with uh, Kevin Jones, who is an MP, and uh, we're going to talk to him about depression in Parliament and all sorts of stuff, which is good because it's in relation to what we just talked about. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you're listening to Mentally Sound on Gravity Radio Northeast, and we'll be right back after the Ataris with Between You and Me. And I forgot to put my headphones on. That's a great start. <laughs> Welcome back to Mentally Sound right here on Gravity Radio Northeast. That was the Ataris with uh, Between You and Me on their album Looking Forward to Failure. And for those that might uh, know... makes sense now, yeah. <laughs> the reason uh, uh, Ricky's laughing at that is because he was very kind enough to do a logo for my web series. And it's called Looking Forward to Failure, which is where I got the title from. Uh, so a little bit of a fun little game, uh, trivia he game I was playing with. Purposely Ricky, left that revelation for the show. Yes, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just to see how your reaction was. But yeah, uh, Huge thank you to Steve for being on. That was really cool. And I should mention, obviously, uh, stuff in relation to what's coming up, because I haven't said that yet, is uh, we're going to do mental health news, obviously, which is after this segment, uh, just uh, just past the hour, uh, sort of 10 minutes time. And uh, we're, we're going to be talking to Shir- is it Shirley and Adele, isn't it? Um, Shirley Smith. And Shirley Smith and Adele, uh, who's, um, who's uh, If You Care, um, if you if care, you care, share, yeah, which yeah. is a charity, uh, which is going to do a sponsored walk and stuff. So we're going to talk to her about that, as well as Carol, who is here from Bernardo's, uh, which is later in the show. But as we pointed out, we have an MP, which is kind of kind of cool. I think this is the first first poli- us, yeah. yeah first politician mm-hmm. we've had on, which is kind of cool. We've had doctors, scientists, and now we we've had, we've completed the set. But yeah, um, <laughs> uh, I don't know what, in what set criteria that would be. I don't know. Yeah. But um, but yeah, is it Kev, Kev, are you happy for us to see your full name? I guess. Um, uh, is it uh, Kevon? Am I saying that right? Kevin. Kevin. Oh, it's just Kevin with an E. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so it's uh, Kevin Jones, who is a uh, what? What are you? Who are you? An MP of? I guess for those I'm who don't a know. Labour member of Parliament for Durham. North, which is Chesley Street, Stanley area. All oh, right, cool. I know Chesley Street because it's got a very nice train my, station. My dad used to have a market pitch in there. Chesley Street, high street. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is a reminisce time. Reminisce. Yeah, yeah. I remember when we chatted. Yeah. Uh, ten years ago, I was in Chesley Street, and uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, no. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's cool. So, how long are you being in that position then? Uh, it's will be uh, fifteen years coming up. Wow, cool. Yeah. So do you have to get I you know uh, I'm I'm I, I obviously know about this but I'm I'm trying to be sort of like the the interviewer that knows nothing is um uh is it a position that you get constantly reelected to? Well no you have to reelect every 5 years which is the wow. uh you know the rules now in terms of, course, of yeah. fixed term parliament. Yes, uh, of course. Yeah, I was first elected in two thousand and one and returned again last time in two thousand fifteen. So how can I ask like how well you did the last time you got from like you got them um, reelected? The majority like, went you... up last time. Oh, great! Uh, against uh, I think the trend nationally for the Labour Party, but uh, <laughs> now it's uh, it's a great privilege to do the job. Of course, yeah. Uh, which obviously we'll we'll talk to you about yeah. because it's obviously very sort of interesting on a on a, a political sense, like being a politician, and obviously they get the bad raps and stuff. But like, I guess wanted to ask you, and then I'll throw the floor to Ricky because I guess you got a zillion questions. Is um, I just wanted to ask on a very basic sense, and then we'll obviously talk about because we wanted to ask you about the benefit thing, which you just talked mm. about earlier. Um, so just say in regards to your job before we get into that, like. Uh, Obviously, you know, there's there's a fair amount of people, and I guess that's part of your responsibility as an MP to get people to be aware of politics because it obviously affects everybody in the in the country. Mm. Um, but obviously, in particularly in working class areas, I guess, which is predominantly where in the northeast is, is that you get very few people who are reluctant to either talk about it or mm. have an active interest in it and all this kind of thing. And um, I guess for, for people who maybe 
or trying to like get educated about what a politician does what would you if 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 someone said to you what does your main job involve like how could you summarize that i guess it's a difficult question but you could try well no it's not i, I always say politics about everyday life and mm-hmm. the problem is i think some people sometimes including some politicians try and overcomplicate it uh you know decisions about you know funding and what you do in your community uh you talk about benefit system uh, you know the benefit system we're going to talk later on uh you know that is politics, and I yeah. think some people look at politics and think politics is about Parliament and politics is, you know, about the council and things like that. You know, there are politics in all types of organisations, but if you actually want to have a say in what happens in your area, then obviously the ballot box is one way of doing it, but also getting active in community groups and other, uh, you know, other organisations, whatever interest you're into, but that is politics. Hmm. Politics is life. It's not, it's not uh, I think, uh, something that should be people should fearful of or somehow sometimes think that they don't know, know know enough to actually have a say yeah it's a really good point it's almost like i guess with the working class system again obviously i mean people can have varying opinions but i guess i'm just talking about my growing up me growing up in my area i'm from all's end and um you know whenever i used to talk about because I, I do have a sort of very ac- active view on polit- on politics and i like reading about it and certain things is that i think like uh, whenever you sort of bring it up with someone in a working class area they kind of like regard it as like oh it's a bunch of rich people talking about rich rich important things or something like that they don't think they're sort of representing them i guess if i had my brother on here he'd say that um uh, which i think is, is it sort of that kind of a stereotypical view in in this sort of area or is that well, kind th- of a little unjustified well, I think it's a bit unjustified i think the the important thing is is as I say people should get involved in the process whether yes. it's and it's not just political parties whether it's pressure groups whether you've got Shirley Smith on later on who I've worked with very uh, closely in terms of uh, supporting her charity over the years I mean that is having a huge effect in the community but that is politics because she's helping people she's uh, getting a clear message against suicide prevention and other things so like I say don't be uh, I think confused that politics is something that is not for people politics in my opinion is everyday life mm-hmm. great we can get on, now you're, get on to you're one of the, uh, <laughs> the few MPs in the house to actually open up about your your own issues mm. um, from reading uh, on your background you go back as, as far as 1996 was that the yep. first time you yep. realised and, and said well 96 was when I had my breakdown and yeah. uh, but as I always say is is that uh, I still suffer from depression mm-hmm. it's just that I know how to handle yeah. it and was I, that what it was? Was it just what, what? What did you get diagnosed as? Did you? Well, I, 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 I suffer from depression, mm-hmm. and uh, it, as anyone knows who suffers from depression, uh, there are de- degrees of it. Certainly, yes. the uh, episode in nineteen ninety six was not pleasant, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, with the support and help I've got, uh, I, I now it's not one of those situations that uh, you can. Uh, I don't ever get over, but you can actually know how to manage it and now to work with it. And what I always say to people about depression or any type of mental illness, it's an equal opportunities uh, condition. It doesn't matter how intelligent you are, where you are in life, mm-hmm. uh, you can suffer from it. So the reason I spoke about it in, in 2012 in Parliament was I, didn't, I wasn't going to, but I was raising the issue in a general debate on mental health around Atos, actually, and the way it was <laughs> yeah. uh, affecting many of my uh, constituents. Uh, but then I felt that I needed just to uh, talk about my own uh, mental, not because um, anyone would have known afterwards whether you know whether I'd said anything or not. They wouldn't have known. But I think uh, if I speak out, I think it's helped to be up just one person. Then I think it would benefit, and certainly reaction afterwards is very positive. That's kind of all. That's kind of all attitude. Like you know, we're 
pleased that like you know we're being mm-hmm. considered for awards and stuff like that but i mean that's not the point uh, yeah. i think that's something uh, I, don't, I, I don't know what i'm interested to know what ricky thinks on this but very often where where people whenever you speak openly about mental health um there's some people that i find when i write about it or talk about it on here or, or my podcast is that um people think that you're being sort of like selfish about it or something or, or they, they have this sort of weird approach of mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. being sort of open about it means that like you're you're sort of attacking other people or becomes like mm-hmm. uh, no, but, i mean the, the, but the point i make is, is if if you've got a heart condition or diabetes yeah. or something like that, you talk about it. So yeah. why don't you talk about this? But that's what I mean. That's I'm yeah. guess I'm, yeah. I'm yes I'm saying yeah you're right to say that. I guess I'm just saying that that's the stigma and discrimination that happens with mental health. It always seems to be a different thing. Yeah. But do you think within politics? Though, I mean, I'm an avid watcher of Prime Minister's Questions mm. every Wednesday, and I know it's got quite a lot of reaction recently in terms of the public being increasingly incensed by the behaviour at times, yeah. by the, the, the shouting, boistering going on. So with that in mind, with that sort of backdrop, how easy or, or rather how difficult was it was to talk about, you mentioned in 2012, to actually speak about it within within that environment that you, that you did Well, then. I mean, you know, I think the other side to this I would say is is if people suffer from depression or any mental illness, the idea that they're weak mm. is complete nonsense. Mm. Uh, yeah. And that's the, a common perception. And I think, uh, I, you know, I'm a pretty tough character. And I think, uh, you know, many people I've met with various mental illnesses, uh, mental illnesses or, or suffer from depression are pretty resourceful and strong characters. You can even make, you know, a sweeping argument of them. They might even be more resilient because how can you determine what pain threshold they have well, and what they is, deal with, you know? The, mm-hmm. There is that. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think the, the other side to it is you talk about the negative premises question time. Yeah, I don't think that's part of its best. I mean, I'm been spent the last three weeks and will be when we go back next week i'm on the committee for the police and crime bill which we'll be looking at in detail things like the attitude of the police to mental illness the problem is that doesn't make sexy mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. television or radio or, or mm-hmm. very but in terms of the work we're doing in trying to get uh, changes to the bill to make sure that people for example who are are not kept in police cells uh, who mm-hmm. have uh, mental illness and i've got a few amendments down next week to that is quite important. Do you think the, the way debate, these sorts of debates ought to be changed then? Or is, are you happy with the system as it is? Well, in terms of, uh, you know, would listening to a committee mm. discussing, uh, you know, my boring amendments over the next few weeks yeah. be good television? I'm sure it won't. But if we're going to have an impact in terms of changing the law, that's the important thing. And I think it's that aspect of mm. politics and parliament that sometimes is not reflected. People look at parliament's mm. question, I think that's it, it's all about that, and it's certainly not. Mm. Mm-hmm. I get. Sorry, go on. No, I was, I was just going to say, um, in terms of the the house as a whole, has there been a, a positive cross party approach more more these days, or do you always feel it's coming from a certain corner? Who no, I think, a, I think there's a, a myself and there's a Charles Walker, who's a Conservative member, who spoke very openly about his OCD and his uh, uh, struggles. And no, I think there's a quite a cross. I think the attitude has changed. I think it's not just changing in Parliament, it's changing in the media everywhere else. Mm. What we need to do now, though, and this is the big test, I think, in terms of government, is to translate the slogans about parity of esteem into action, mm. uh, and certainly in terms of ensuring that uh, people get support. Uh, and also, I think, you know, we ought to be more open in society. I actually want to talk about, uh, get us to talk about, you know, mental health well-being rather than a mental illness. Because mm. if we can actually try and prevent some of this, which you mm. can do, and certainly... The work I know Shirley does with her charity is, is doing that with young people, and that's the important mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have a phrase that we need to uh, hardwire 
mental well-being into all public policy. Um, I actually just a very brief question, and I guess there's a there's a couple of obvious questions before we before we finish this interview. It's just to say, do you agree on uh, really quickly about the premise of? I always say this because when I went through my sort of personal struggles, is that um, it sort of happened to me as a sort of early teenager mm-hmm. and. Um, I wasn't aware what was wrong with me because, yep. and 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 it all. I always sort of advocate that. Do you, do you go along with the premise of that people should be made aware of, as in schools should be making children be aware of what mental health is from a much earlier age than it is? Because just to to end that thought, just to say, just, I just to really... sorry to interrupt. There is a petition going out at the moment yeah. where it's encouraging. Well, there you go. So to be taught in school. So yeah, I just wanted to say, like when I, it was only when I really got to university that I, I was able to explore because I, I I praise universities for having the yep. the facilities if someone's struggling that you can go there's actually like you know areas you know put there meaningfully for someone to go because there's obviously a life change at university as well but they're aware of that there's mental health things to be in consideration for so do you agree with that premise of that schools it should, it should maybe we should look at the school system and encourage them to talk about it oh, earlier? Very, much, very much so and certainly when you speak surely the work she's doing in her charity yeah, in schools exactly. with uh you know they they deal with some very young people and you know and it's not you know it's not about i don't want to get into a sound that it's about mental illness we're talking about we're talking about just mental well-being yeah and if people do get into crisis or have problems where do they get the help yeah and i think you're right i think the fe sector and uh university sector have made huge strides in terms of uh, but i think you talk to many people who uh you know i was in my 30s i think when i had my breakdown you know, I really think and analyse it afterwards. A lot of those issues, which you, you quite rightly just pointed out, are perhaps there in your uh, you know teens or late to early twenties. So the earlier you get yeah. to that, and the earlier you get intervention, I think that's the important thing. Mm. But it is a bit of a minefield if you don't even. <laughs> And also, you're perhaps against a background that people are saying, well, you shouldn't really be talking about these issues. Yeah, and I guess if you, I guess that that's on the the, the that leads to the. I guess the more elaborate point of that there's there's a certain number of people who maybe get misdiagnosed as having an Ill, a mental health issue and then they don't because as you say they actually deal with like sort of regular problems and stuff they may actually like you know because I always make this argument of people necessarily might be given antidepressants too soon and they don't actually have a problem and then it leads to problems by taking antidepressants and, and all this kind of thing so yeah usually if you peel away them problems they might find out actually they don't have uh, it's just that they're, they're struggling in another aspect of their life. And, yeah, and if you can give and, uh, support to people uh, and uh, also just get people to, I think, uh, recognise that they can ask for help. And that I've always said to people is is that uh, if you are suffering from any type of uh, you know mental illness, the idea that asking for help is a weak uh, reaction. It's not. I think it's a very positive and strong one. You're right, yeah. And people just need to recognise that. But again... Because I think in the past we've had this stigma around that if you ask for help and you admit that you've got some type of mental, uh, you know, uh, crisis, that somehow you're weak, you're a weak person. Can I just say to everybody, further from the truth, that could not be. The big um, step is asking for help. I yeah. think you actually made a really good point as well. I, just a, this is just a, a comment, just to say you. I, I we, we mention this all the time on the show. Yeah, it's mental health orientated this program, mm. but um, as you quite rightly said, I think getting support no matter what problems people have and admitting you've got a problem no matter what it is whether it be you know gambling yep. or, or whatever whatever it is that actually that we shouldn't criticize someone for being open about that like that's mm. that's my point but yeah it's a couple of quick questions or anything you want to want to see because um, i've got an obvious question to well i want to end on benefit fraud uh, benefit fraud benefit and um, ben- the benefit situation well benefit for a different show entirely <laughs> yeah sorry uh, uh, kevin recently uh one of the organizers uh, you know, linked with their shows, mental health, northeast. You took part in a Q and A recently mm. with them. 
just just what was your findings from that? What what did you gather from well, people it's some, asking you? It's some work I've been doing with them, and, I'm, and we're following it up with Durham County Council later uh, later in May. Mm-hmm. Is and it's the uh, disconnect between I think the health service and the voluntary community sector. Uh, I think sometimes with support for people with uh, mental health issues is we try to over-medicalise them. And I think one of the things that I want to try and explore is we have a round table uh, with the health providers and the charity and and, uh, community sector is to see whether it's possible to uh, try and divert people and get them into possibly the support is there in the community rather Mm -hmm. than looking at a medical solution to it all the time. And there is a disconnect there. And is it about money? Some of it is about money, but actually some of it is just about uh, those organisations and, I think, the healthcare providers knowing what's available. Is it also to do with recent cuts as well? Is that an impact? Well, it is. But, um, you know, the government are bringing forward, you know, targets, for example, for uh, talking therapy targets, for example. But, again, um, you know, people go to their, uh, their GP and they get put on a waiting list. Yes. Where I think a lot of that could be provided in the community. There are some yeah. great organisations across the totally northeast, agree. and certainly in totally County agree. Durham, mm-hmm. who uh, you know could actually. But the so G- things can G- be better signposted. Well, it's not well. signposted. I think you know why why can't some of the health resources be put into some of those community groups? Mm-hmm. Because the not only I think will it be better outcomes for the individuals. Mm-hmm. I think in terms of in times of austerity, in terms yeah. of uh, if yeah. benefits, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of value for money for the taxpayer. Mm-hmm. If we all better. end up, I mean, there's the, the, I guess the simplistic way of, of of clarifying this is to say if you're all, if we all end up on one waiting list, that one waiting list is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Like it, so, so as you well, say, well, it is. But I mean, there's a huge great organisations, I mean, you know, things like Waddington Street in Durham and other places that do fantastic work. That's what I'm saying, yeah. they're, they're, they're being, mis- yep. they're, being mm. they're completely ignored well, they, because they go to one Well, because I th- and- again, I think sometimes we look for medical solutions to some of these issues yes. when I'm not sure they are medical solutions. Well, not in all cases, in some cases quite clearly yeah, they yeah. are, but in others I think there's some great support networks out there and uh, uh, organisations that could provide a lot of support for people uh, that is uh, not being is uh, not being taken up. Yeah, I, I mean, as again, it's we we often clarify that by saying it's like short term solutions to long term problems. It is, yeah. Like that. yeah. Anyway, um, I guess the final obvious question because we talked about this in the previous sec- uh, section is to do with the benefit the benefit situation with the massive cuts that have happened recently. Mm. It's obviously topical in the news right now. And we had uh, Stephen on talking about his situation with the whole healthcare yeah. process, getting you know getting tested and, and assessed and all this stuff. Um, I guess in relation. Uh, it's like a two-part question. In relation to that, what are your thoughts about that current situation with the, with the benefit system in regards to that? And also, um, do you feel that in regards to politics and being a politician that, 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 it, that there needs to be a sort of um, an awareness to get mental health, as in a mental mental health in general, to be on a par with physical health? Is, is, that, like, is that a problem right now? Because that seems to be the mm-hmm. assertion from a lot of people. Yeah, well, so it is, it is, it is, but it irritates me a little bit. I've got to say, in, okay. when people just say that, because it's a slogan, you know, parity yeah. of esteem. I don't criticise anyone for using it, and that's our aim. We should get into, but unless it's followed up by actions, it is just a slogan. Yes, and I, I think the problem we've got is that the present government, uh, you know, I don't doubt individual ministers or the, the members of the government's commitment to this, but then they do things like, for example, the changes they made in the benefit system 
which make it worse for people with uh, with mental illness. Uh, it's a know. vicious circle. Then, so isn't it, really? why is it that you're actually saying yes, we're committed to parity of esteem and support people with mental illness? If you then put in a system, mm. which actually, uh, I mean, the the issue in terms of Atos and the work capability test, an issue I've spoken on quite a lot in Parliament, is it is quite clear to me, and we all know that the right type of work for people with mental illness is good. Mm-hmm. But it's got to be the right type of work. Yeah. Uh, and what I think, is it right that people on benefits should be assessed? Yes, it is. But what we should be doing for people with mental uh, illness, they should be dealt with a completely different stream. And I think those time with long-term endearing uh, mental health issues are never going to work. Yes. Well, why waste money re- keep reassessing them? Yes. Let's yeah. just support them. Yeah. The others, I think, is, is what we need to do is, is then look at what type, how, how we can have programs to get them into work. But they've got to be assessed by mental health professionals, yeah. not not the you know nurses and others that Atos and others are doing. Yes. And what we need then, I think, and another part of this picture, which I don't think the government have actually tackled, yes, is employers, because you know if you've got somebody who's got a lot enduring long-term mental health uh, condition who can work, but he's going to be recognised that you know couple of days a week they might be off because yeah, un- they're, they're unreliable by definition well, yeah. yeah but yeah. therefore we need to be able to talk to employers to actually say well, are there employers that will employ people with these long-term knowing that on occasions they'll need support or time off mm. yeah and you know i would sooner somebody work you know a couple of days a week rather than do nothing. like intensively yeah. when they're well as opposed to and yeah. that's the yeah. that's the challenge i think yeah i agree is not being addressed i don't think yeah the idea that somehow you just assess people and then you suddenly say right you're fit and you've got to go and hold down a full-time job. Well, yeah, you might hold it down for a while, but then if you if you then go into crisis again, you fall out of that yeah. job. You're yeah. back round the system again. And yeah. to be honest, it, it is not a good use of taxpayers' money. No. This system. Mm-hmm. No. I think what we're going to do because we talked about it, as I say that we we, we we I did about five minutes longer than we should with you because it was like a really fantastic interview and uh, we obviously you know you, with politics you as you touched on you touch about everyday stuff that affects everybody and I think it's good to have the opportunity to talk to some, someone like yourself to see kind of on the front line I guess <laughs> what what people what, what people are doing so um, I guess we ran out of time but yeah thanks so much for coming no, on it's been an absolute been pleasure. And uh, is there anything you want to like sort of mention? Is there anything coming up in your constituency that you want to you want to bring up? Um, no, just that you know my main message about uh, mental illness is you've got to keep talking about it. Indeed, the more you talk about it, the better. It's got to be as normal as anything else. Because mm-hmm. we are all as mentally sound as the next. Keep, <laughs> exactly. Keep bringing it up in Parliament. Uh, I think well, I do, and, no you know, place, and really. I think in in terms of uh, you know getting that conversation going with people, mm. let's have it good stuff great thanks very much for coming in obviously great interview and thank you so much for coming down i really appreciate it uh i um, guess what we're going to do now because we were we've we've went about five minutes overhead i guess what what we should do now is maybe talk to talk to shirley now and then we'll do mental health news at half past uh, i'm just obviously i'm talking off sort of off mic here to, to steve so yes yeah, sh- uh we're going to take a quick we're going to take a quick break we're going to play uh, ray charles hit the road jack which is a great song and obviously it's a, only a two minute song so uh, uh thanks so much to kate cavan uh kick heaven i was to say cave on because i used to know someone called that but uh yeah it's kevin with an A. And uh, thanks so much for coming in, and obviously thanks to Stephen. Uh, as I say, we're going to take a tiny break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk to. Uh, is it Shirley now? Shirley Smith yeah, and yeah, Shirley, Shirley and Adele, yeah, uh, who's uh, here to talk about their charity and their sponsored walk. And uh, sorry, yes, is there something? Uh, Oh, you're going to take a picture. Sorry, okay. I thought there's something you wanted us to say on air, but yeah. So I'll say we're, uh, I'll play this and I'll talk to you very briefly. Is um, yeah, so we're going to play Ray Charles hit the road jack, and you're listening to Mendley Sound right here on Gravity Radio North East. Everybody, welcome back to Mentally Sound right here on Gravity Radio North East, and that was the awesome 
Ray Charles with Hit the Road Jack, which is one of my might even be in my top ten list. I have to say, I do like that song. I'm a massive huge I Ray Charles. I need to get into some. Are Ray you into Charles Ray Charles? Not not so much, but he's one of them where you know. Then you can't do the show anymore, no. Ricky. And <laughs> that's the criteria. Uh, <laughs> have you seen Have you seen Ray? I have actually. Yeah, yeah that's a great yeah. film. Yeah, I was. I thought Jamie Fox did it. It was almost like he was him. Like, do you know that Don Cheadle's doing a biopic of um, Miles Davis? Oh on man, News, yeah. did you see my tweet about Miles? No, oh, no I no. tweeted about Miles Davis the other day. Oh, that's just a complete coincidence. I really want to see that. Um, really there's a band cool. called um, uh, Gas uh, Gaslight Anthem by um, yeah, no, Brian that. Fallon. They do a song called Miles Davis and the Cool, which okay. I learned to play on guitar yesterday. Oh. It's a great song. Anyway, again, procrastinating. <laughs> uh, but huge thank you, obviously, to Kevin Jones, who was the MP. That was a fantastic interview, which is why we played a really short, quick song, uh, just to kind of because uh, we wanted to give as much time to our next guest as possible. Um, so yeah, uh, we're next up. Is obviously as I t- as we touched on, I'm trying to see make sure I get this right. If, if you care, share, isn't it? Is that right? If you care, share foundation. Share yeah, foundation. That's right. that's right. Yeah, cool. And obviously, uh, Shirley and Adele. So we have a two. We have two guests for the first time yeah. today. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I say, if, if um, whenever I, I talk to you guys individually, if you can just get the mic as close as possible. I'm sorry, the setup's a bit weird for it because we only got two mics. As I keep mentioning. But hi guys, welcome to the show. Hello there. Um, so yeah, uh, huge thank you for coming on. Obviously, as Kevin mentioned on his way out, he gave you a really nice plug. Mm-hmm. He was like, "These guys do a great job," and they happen to be coming up next. Uh, yeah, so that's really cool. So we'll give him that money that we promised. Yes, him to exactly. Say yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he did say he did say he says he was as bonkers as he was. I don't know if that's an endorsement. Or not. Yeah. It's an endorsement. Okay, right? And the fact that a politician regards himself yeah, as bonkers uh, is a little bit weird. Yeah, is that well? Uh, yeah, but um, but no, um, as a, yeah, as uh, as uh, so I get this right. Is it is it you're Adele? I am. And you're and, uh, is Adele and Shirley. Was that a band? Am I being? Pepsi and Shirley. Ah, okay, yeah. That's, that's just in my head when I said that. Anyway, but yeah, because we were just talking about bands earlier. Yeah, I'm kind of old funny. enough to remember who they yeah. were, of course. And it was me mum that told me. <laughs> of course, yes, of course. I wasn't insinuating anything. <laughs> um, and and I, I thought you were going to say, there's always time to make a band, guys. Like You can yeah. you can totally do that. And I, I really admire, as a guy who owns a company with Geek in the title, I love the fact that uh, you're wearing a Batman uh, Batman top. Like I really appreciate it. <laughs> but anyway, this is me being silly. But um, yeah, so obviously, as I said, you hear to talk about your foundation which is uh, which is interesting so i guess to start with uh, one after the other is to just see what you guys do uh, within that within that uh, starting with you um if you care share foundation is a charity based in just outside chesley street again um and sorry for yeah, that random fan i apologize sorry this random fan just <laughs> turned on time Chester, yeah, that, chester yeah. street's been mentioned yeah yeah, yeah. chester street's, street's getting a lot of uh, sorry i just because um, yeah. i've got their headphones in i'm just hearing a random fan so i just want to let the audience be aware of that some random fans has come on i think from the computer but anyway sorry carry on no problem <laughs> um, um we're based just outside chesley street in a, a little village called great lumley and um we're a suicide prevention and bereavement support service um, that was established after we lost our eldest son, Daniel, um, oh, who took his own life in mm-hmm. uh, 2005. Okay. Can you say, Amad, is it's okay to say what, what was his issue? What did he, um, what was he dealing with? Um, he was dealing with life. Okay. Okay, so it was not even. I was about to mention because I was reading about Daniel, and mm-hmm. you, 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 you never, you didn't have anything underlying issues that you were aware of, That's or nothing that. Just... Um, no, um, his death basically came out of the blue it was easter bank holiday monday um and we left him at home he was 19 mm. he didn't want to come out with his parents and two little mm. brothers on easter bank holiday uh monday 2005 um and he the plan was that he was going to spend time with friends which mm. is something totally that we was wasn't out of the ordinary um and w- this 
came out of the blue, returned home and we found him. Um, but after, you know, after this happened to us, um, 75% of men that end their lives have no recognised mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, diagnosis, exactly, have no yeah. history mm-hmm. of mental illness. Mm-hmm. And, you, you, you know, when you say about um, what were the issues... I truly believe it was yeah. life. That yeah, was yeah. I, I hope you didn't take that the wrong way. No, when I said that, I, I'm asking. I wasn't asking assuming that. I just is like it's uh, that's an interesting answer in, in in a sense because everyone assumes there's something medically, you know, mentally wrong with yeah. them. But like, yeah, as you say, you know, uh, I always sort of say a right as an individual is to choose whatever they want to do, and obviously that can that can be a, a, mm. a, a, a really horrible thing that like mm. you just touched on so thank you for sharing that that's yeah, really probably. very powerful uh, can you just say in regards to what you do um is it Ad- adele isn't it adele and shirley yeah i'm gonna write <laughs> me and my me and my name so adele what do you do yeah. in relation to that um, uh, well i've um i've been supported by if you care share um mm-hmm. and so, so you get like lean in i apologize for the, the bad uh, it's, thing it's, yeah it's, it's certainly a charity so that, that's very close to my heart and i do um what i can to support Mm-hmm. Um, because there's so many people who don't realise that there is always a way, which I know that's uh, that's the tagline there that Shirley promotes, whatever. Um, so the more that I think that you know, I personally can do to help mm-hmm. raise awareness, um, Great. Uh, the, be- the better it is. So mm-hmm. I look to fundraise uh, on occasions for, for uh, If You Care Share Foundation. Mm-hmm. And on that, you're doing a sponsored walk very soon, aren't I you? I am, yes, I'm doing a sponsored walk. It doesn't sound much. Um, we're doing 15 miles, but I kind of realised that um, I certainly wasn't one for being able to do the Great North Run. Yeah. So I thought, well, I better walk a bit more than the Great You're North like Run. You're like me in that is. respect, then, yeah. <laughs> so um, yes, we're doing a, a circular walk from uh, Whitby to Robin Hood's Bay and mm-hmm. back. There's a few of us doing it, and we're raising some money. And um, we've got a, a, a link. I heard there's a fish supper reward at the end. Is that fish right? Fish supper reward yeah. at the end. And I yes. heard, are they? I heard you're robbing from the rich and giving to the poor. Well, <laughs> <laughs> why not? Wherever we can, <laughs> wherever we can. That's what we I'm really to sorry. Do. It, just, it, was, it was just it was there. <laughs> I heard Robin Hood and went. That's an obvious joke. So yeah. As I said, like one of the beautiful things about this show, which I really think is a very powerful thing, and obviously you know that you just had a very powerful story, is that um, even in sort of because this is life, as you touched on, this is life that we talk about, is that you can even find sort of. Uh, humor in the fact that like you know i always mention stories because I, I suffer from bipolar disorder so i always talk about some of the ridiculous things i get up to and afterwards i go that was a really silly thing i just did you know this as i keep joking to ricky because he's a friend of mine i can sit on now is that i always like go turn to him and go let's just all go to india let's just do it and then he's like looks at me and goes Stephen, that's not plausible and i'm like but in my head i'm like it's perfectly plausible why is everyone we all just go you guys are you going let's come in here like and uh it, it, i afterwards go yeah i was kind of affected by my <laughs> I come to India. Please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, unfortunately, I have some friends who are like, "Yeah, that seems a good idea." They don't want to like tell me it's a wrong idea. They go, "Yeah, let's do it." Yeah. Uh, the, the, but anyway, was it, you mentioned uh, Daniel Sibbins before because the foundation emerged from a wrist was it a wristband? Yeah. The uh, foundation was originally started by um, our two younger sons. Matthew was ten at the time when yeah. Daniel uh, took his life, yeah. and Ben was five, ah. um, along with Manny, Sarah, and what they believed was. Had Daniel actually um, reached out and told somebody how desperate mm. he was feeling, because I do believe you have to be in a, uh, you know, he had to have been in a really dark place mm. um, to have um, felt that that was the only option available to but him. For at them, that at time. that young age to to recognise that and want to do, I think it's incredible, isn't it? It must you, be. 
it was almost like role reversal. Yeah. The, the, the kids became the adults because yeah. we were just quibbering wrecks. Yeah. Um, and they firmly believed that this was a way that they could reach out, especially to men mm-hmm. um, yeah. mm-hmm. around the issue. of At the time, the Livestrong armband, wristband was really popular. Mm-hmm. And at a time where Daniel was really um, a huge football fan, mm-hmm. so reaching out in the northeast, were passionate about many things. Football's one of them. So, yeah. so, we, so you're giving out football grounds, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Um, Matthew at the time was um, at, a, a, at Hartlepool Football Club. So for, mm-hmm. for the kids... Mm-hmm. It was a. It was very, very natural. It, they were very passionate. They actually spoke on on the local news, you, you know. And at the mm-hmm. ages of uh, twelve, ten, and five, you know, um, they took this to a completely different level from being an idea mm-hmm. to. And it was a national campaign that ran for mm-hmm. Samaritans and raised over forty eight thousand pounds for wow. Samaritans. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I, I, and from that point, basically. Um, that was the idea. However, the charity in itself mm-hmm. started and uh, became a registered charity in 2011 with its own mm-hmm. um, aims. Um, mm-hmm. That's, that's phenomenal. What, what a talk, great story. Talking of those aims, the yeah. three aims that you put down is prevention, intervention and support. That's right. So it's the, 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 the prevention of the biggest, uh, mm-hmm. you know, suicide is the biggest killer of men under the age of 55. Mm-hmm. Um, female suicide rates... Uh, increasing mm. and um preve- prevention is everyone's business mm. this isn't just about mm. y- you know um mental health professionals we all mm. have a part to play in suicide prevention yeah. you mm. know it's it's about having a conversation it's about having the opportunity to give somebody the time to mm. speak about how pants they are yeah. feeling mm. um so that we also deliver training oh. So I've got to say, just before you say that, it's just because I think that's a massively important point. Uh, it's something that I occasionally get criticised for, is this idea of um, like a social responsibility, I guess is the best way of phrasing this, is that everyone goes on about having a responsibility for themselves, but then, to, from my point of view, and again, I, I feel free to for people to criticise me, is just to say... Yeah, there's obviously everyone has their own responsibility as an individual to do the best they can. My problem with that scenario is that what if you are doing the best you can and it still isn't enough? Yeah. Then where do you go? It's like it's sort of like it's a co- to me I regard that as not everyone's like this, so I want to be clear on my point is that um you very often get people that go, "Well, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do about this. I've had I've had long-term friends like I had a hospital thing. I, I was in hospital and, you know, on death's door and some friends of mine were like, "Oh, I can't help you. It's 100% down to you." Um, found out later I was taking the, given the wrong medication. So the people throw you into the professional side. And I always make this argument of, and I want to know in relation to your charity, this is why I'm leading to the question is to say, I always make this argument of, it's like, it's almost like 50, if there's anything like a percentage, it's almost like 50 50 in terms of should be professional help. And then the rest of it is like stuff that actually makes you care about life, like your family and your friends and, and, and all that other stuff is so key. So in relation to that, is that, resonate with you as a charity well do you want to answer that one because i think that's just something that like it's huge the amount of um you know to to throw somebody to the medical profession like you said um really it's not enough no it's not it's not enough Mm. and uh, and one size doesn't fit all and we haven't got 
you know, I don't want to get political about things, but there's a massive amount of cuts around. Mm-hmm. We've actually been the, the most political this show we've ever been. Right. Like, we usually avoid it for, right. for various I, 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 reasons. Well, at but, least uh, when we talk about politics, we try and, you know, get as many different. Uh, also, the also as well, which I think we feel justified in that we've had an MP, is we want to make sure we're ac- accurate as well. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that, obviously, that's a, yeah. what you've just said is in the public knowledge. It so, is, yeah, feel yes. free to clarify. Yeah. But I think, you know, having, having some additional support. And yes. sometimes it's not your friends. Sometimes your friends can't even see it. Mm. So being able to, you know, pick up the phone, know that there's a support mm. there is, you know, it, it, it's an amazing help for some people. Yeah. You know, one but size doesn't fit all. Yeah. I think, you, you know, if you look at your hand, it, we, we keep being told that everybody's individual, everyone's mm. unique. But when it comes to the standard support we have a clinical model of maybe medication or talking services you might not fit into that box and a lot of people don't Mm -hmm. so for us our ethos is that individual we've all got different you know fingerprints Mm -hmm. we're defined by our own uniqueness Mm -hmm. however we need to realize that and kevin touched on that i think earlier with regards to the likes of services you have your, your, your clinical services but for us as as a charity it's about that individual and maybe that little bit that keeps that individual going is spending time knocking 10 bells out of a box and um I, I can or, clarify that by saying um once because obviously bipolar disorder is very mood orientated mm-hmm. and um it's going to sound for someone who doesn't know how bored by what bipolar disorder is like it might be bizarre to say this but in my whenever i've been when i was in hospital i used to trash my room the entire all the time because i was so emotionally unstable and like i I felt i just needed to do something to get it out of my system um and uh, but but if but to clarify that because i think you've made some both made some brilliant points there is that um that doesn't necessarily you don't necessarily have to have a mental health issue in order for that to make to help you in everyday life like how many people go to boxing classes and are frustrated that oh, i hate this damn boss he won't give me a raise and all this kind of thing and it is an and it is actively an active stress release to do that and so that stress affects all of it but the point that the, the key two points he's both made that i want to clarify on is because you said about it's not just friends that can do that i think the part of that problem though if i can be so bold as to say is that um i don't think it seems to be this common misunderstanding that like the right thing to do is to not do anything um that that that's something i that's something i come across all the time that gets me like kind of angry in the sense of you know i i wanted to tell this brief story because it got me quite emotional when you said about you about your son is that um like i went for a hard time a couple of weeks ago and it was the worst i felt in quite a while and i went to see my friend for lunch today and she just said something that made me very emotional where she just said i was like oh, i had a really hard time and she just said well you can you can text me like she just said, would because I just said I felt very lonely. And when you're when you're depressed and lonely and going through something, you you kind of want someone to be there in a social capacity, but you don't go to social settings because that's you're very uncomfortable. Yeah. And I've known her a long time, and it's it, you, you sometimes like you want to assume that that's allowed, but the fact that she just said to me today, if you feel like that again. I'll come round, like, you know, I can come round, it's not a big deal, and I'd like to do that, and we can just hang out and stuff, and it's just the fact that she's offered that as an option mm-hmm. got me very emotional, because now I'm in a, I've got over it, and I'm fine, but the idea of if it happens again, that I'm allowed to say to someone, mm-hmm. I'm not okay, and mm-hmm. 
it's so powerful like it makes me emotional even just saying it you know we deliver the one of the things around the prevention is that we um and it's actually delivered by a t-shirt wearer i class myself as a t-shirt wearer in a such that i've been there done yeah. it mm-hmm. i've experienced i was diagnosed with reactive depression after Daniel's um, death. Um, however, um, one of the things that we realise is that actually it is okay not to feel okay, but it's what you do about it that matters. And that's the key message that yeah. our now eldest son, Matthew, who's now 22, delivers in schools across mm-hmm. the uh, northeast. But also mm. he works with the Premier League. Um, there's a team of three uh, young people that work with young people t-shirt wearers who go in and say this is my story but do it in a way that is fun interactive Mm -hmm. but with a really really powerful message that it is okay not to feel okay however there is always a way (laughs) and it's also about being honest within ourselves to admit that in the beginning (laughs) go Um, batman because (laughs) because on on your website which is a very smart website by the way you said the biggest lie that we often tell is say that i'm I'm fine. fine We tell it four t- an average of four times a day, really? 1,360 yeah. times a year, 64,600 by the time we're 65, because it's easier to say yeah. it. Because yeah. we, t- we, yeah, yeah. we were talking before about being, being, freaky, being, yeah. a, being, a, being a parties yeah, yeah. and stuff, you know, that's that sort of dreaded yeah, small talk you have to do. And the worst thing I was here telling people is, I'm, I'm fine when people come up. I was joking, and I guess it's a serious subject, but I'm kind of being sort of, um, I guess, satirical about mm-hmm. it, is to say, how many times do people say, how are you? And it's always interesting to know, do they really want to know the answer? Mm-hmm. Um, because it becomes <laughs> like an element of politeness. Because I wanted to do this joke off. I go to a random party, because um, like, say we got an award ceremony coming up on the 27th, and they go, Stephen, how are you doing? Oh, I'm feeling really suicidal. I just would love to see how they respond to it in a kind of social experiment. Pro- but uh, Probably the same way that they do when you say I'm fine just you know not really listening yeah. Yeah, the, uh, with the, yeah. with the they want to hear that so they're like um, so it's almost okay, like they're like move on. yes great I can yeah. I, I don't need to kind of like sit there and listen to them I, I, we can move on like mm. uh, but you also have that as well though Stephen where people say how are you and we actually respond mm-hmm. for them so we ask them how they are and they say you okay? Mm-hmm. We're telling them what we want yeah, to hear yeah, because yeah. that's what we expect to hear. It's a very automatic pilot of ourselves to do that, isn't it? Very which, robotic. Which sort of... Can I have a word with you? We look at our watch. We look at our watch and say, yeah. uh, how long is it going to take? Yeah, exactly, well, yeah, where, yeah. Where if someone asks me for help... opportunity. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah I, I, I always say to people, and I guess this is the reason I get frustrated with it, like, you know, if oh God, Ricky's a good friend of mine now, and um, if... I'm just using him as an example because he's here. If someone like him, who's in my social circle now, like of, uh, in my inner circle of friends, is that like if if someone said like Stephen, I've got a problem or I'm not very well, and said that like sort of very seriously, I would dedicate as much yeah. time as they needed. Relatively speaking, obviously, if it was something, if it, they wanted too much time, then I'd try and get them the help because I'm like, you're asking too much, yeah, but. The initial initiation of, like you say, like everyone puts a time frame on how to help and going, well, I think this situation regards mm. 45 minutes of my time. And I'm like, it doesn't work that way. Like, mm. it, it's not it's not the way it goes. But I just wanted to clarify because we got off topic a bit. It's just to say, because um, you made a really important point. I always make the distinction of that um, the only thing you can really ask someone with a mental health problem is, are you trying as hard as you can? Like, are you trying the best you can within your ability? If they answer yes, you have to trust them in that regard. Um, that, I think, is the only question you can ask because the question of... The, the answer of you've got to try harder is the 
the one I hate the most. Like I was on death's door in hospital and had good friends of mine come to me and say, you need to try harder. That's what, that's the solution to this problem. Switch <laughs> the machine off. You'll be all right. Yeah, it just yeah. needs to try a little yeah. bit harder. Yeah. I know your broken leg. You've got a broken <laughs> leg, but actually what you need to do is go skiing and try harder, Steve. Yeah. That's what you need to do. Job sorted. Yeah. You were, yeah. You, I love that. We said turn the machine on a life support machine. Yeah. It just needs to rest a lot longer exactly. by, by being dead. <laughs> like that would help. Yeah. You wouldn't say that to somebody uh, of course you? not With a, in those circumstances however this is what some people have to face when they are in that moment mm-hmm. where they are so that's why we believe that suicide prevention is exactly. everybody's Sorry. business look how look how she Mate, put that all together. That's brilliant. Um, but yeah, so I mean, obviously, we went on some massive tangents there, but it was it's very important because I think there's an element of you. Get, I guess to summarise this, as we're saying that, like again, people to be more aware of it, uh, more aware of what's going on. And as you said, and um, I think far too many people say in regards to the try harder aspect of as uh, again, this is just a, a comment again because we were pressed for time. It's just to say like as you said that we always put ourselves on the same pedestal of everybody else and it's like i actually wrote a blog recently about like it almost becomes competitive this thing of like i have a worse thing than you and all this kind of thing where i'm like we should have which you Mm. said so elegantly earlier we should have compassions as just human beings to actually care Mm. about people and that's the main thing i always say is that like i care just as much as I may have a more extreme bipolar disorder than than the next person, but it doesn't mean that I care as less about what they're going through. And that should be the same whether they've got mild depression, whether they've got a gambling problem or whatever it may be. I, we should care, uh, as again, this what we touched on earlier, this social responsibility. It bugs me when it gets competitive, um, like you say. I mean, when, I, when we had Jason come in, who was an ex-soldier, and he has PTSD like I have. And when he talked to me about stuff like having knives under the bed because he was scared of being attacked again that's something that i did and when he admitted that to me i, I broke down in tears because i, was, I thought i was the only one yeah. so again going back to that to sharing aspect mm. finding that thing that you have in common with another person going through the same thing can be just so huge yeah. i think it, it, it's one of those things that actually know knowing that, that you're not alone that you mm. that, you know when when we provide support to to people that have been touched by a suicide probably mm. the key thing for them is they think they are the only one and i don't mean that in a detrimental way but to be able to say actually mm. you know other people feel the same yeah. norm I, I hate to use that word normal and mm. i'm still looking for another word instead of normal but just looking to see that there are other people that felt the same way can yeah, re- yeah. be really yeah. helpful which is the reason you do it i mean i, I often I, I as i say when everyone sort of i touched on this with kevin earlier i think it's the last thing i say when we need to wrap this up it's just to say that in relation to this and obviously say about we'll see where you can obviously find your information and stuff like that but i just my end thought is to with the point of flapjacks or something is that what they are um so anyway Good, we'll get... there's a reason why they're here well, oh yeah the, um yeah yeah we should, forgot yeah i did that, that was written in the notes wasn't it yeah but i'm i the, we'll mention this in a second but i just i guess it's just to sort of clarify it is like like yeah we're, we should we should yeah in a real nutshell we should just care about everybody in any situation and um and uh i guess the criticism i get or people i guess not just me but in this circle of when you talk about mental health issues is um, I, I make the really simple point of I don't enjoy talking about what I go through some of the time and I, it doesn't define me as a human being for the, for the most part. Um, but I, so I guess if, 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 if anyone can sort of claim I do anything for any noble reason, it's that I talk about it because of that exact point of 
Um, I think of the person who's going through the early stages of bipolar disorder, not knowing what it is, and is in the bedroom right now, maybe listening to this going, oh, I'm not alone, and I didn't know that was what that was. And that's what I think about. I don't sort of sit here and go, oh, look at how bravado I am by talking about it, because if I wanted to be selfish about it, I wouldn't bring it up, Um, because it's far easier to not talk about it. Like, I did an interview that was two hours long, not that long ago, for a documentary that's coming out this year, and um, I was depressed for about two days after it, because it was we talked about everything I ever went through, and it's like, it's hard it's hard to kind of go back to something as traumatic as that but i do it for a noble reason and so anyone who i get criticism every now and again of going oh you 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 know why are you talking about this but i i look at it as people who are just uncomfortable yet about talking about it and that's how i look at it or maybe they just don't understand and you don't want them to understand yeah maybe but but as i say my i I guess if anyone questions my integrity it's for the right what i regard as the right reasons and i think we all share that really Uh, so yeah very quickly the flapjack so what's this about these are um what I've called stigma cakes. Well, it's about time we got rid of the stigma. So I thought <laughs> by well, eating it, yeah. 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 Eating, <laughs> literally <the> eating <laughs> it. So I've designed some what I've called stigma cakes, and here I've for your delectation oh, some fruit nut will, cakes. I will, I will, oh, it's got nuts and in. We have nutty flapjack fruit uh, nut mm. cakes. We have. Uh, Is there anything cake. without nuts in? I could not in here today, uh, but I will be able to provide you. I just quickly mention as well, yes. that Adele is a, is a niece of a very big hero of mine. Okay, <laughs> Mike the Mouth Elliot. Do you remember I said uh, his brother-in-law? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and and uh, he was a century. He was on, and then century. he was on there, uh, and he was on Magic. Oh yes, you mentioned this. Yeah, sorry. And this is why I'm chuffed that she's. Yeah, you said well, you had so a you had a group. And thing it's the reason on. why I'm doing this yeah. as well because he was a big inspiration. Yeah, and I just thought I'd mention that. Yeah, we touched on this in a private sense. That's kind of cool. Well, thanks, guys. I just obviously the last thing we say before we end the interview is to say where you can find information about your about your uh, foundation so could you just let people know please um, we are www.ifyoucareshare.co.uk but it's the letter u because mm-hmm. um, we're cool with the kids yeah <laughs> awesome uh, can I just say if Steve's listening to this could you get, could you get um, our next guest to come in and we'll do mental health right at the end is that is that possible sorry we're very far behind uh, the guests have been too damn good. Yeah. <laughs> thank God that person cancelled. <laughs> but thank you so much, guys. I mean, thank, thank you, you for being so honest and open and um, continue the fight, I guess, is the best way of us ending it. Um, actually, I, I, I would like to clarify, I don't mean a literal fight. I just mean um, just we want everyone to be more aware of it and um, to understand it more and all that kind of thing. So we're, we're fighting both sides of the fence here, but just you know, continue doing what you guys are doing. It's really important. And thank you for being so honest. I really appreciate it. Thank you for Thanks, the opportunity. Guys. Thank no problem. Yes. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so the last guest, uh, obviously, Mr. Steve, and then uh, we'll do mental health news as to wrap things up. Hi, if you want to come in, uh, come in, please, Mrs. Carol Line. Caroline. Uh, if you just want to take a seat, please, yeah. Is it Carol? Carol, do you prefer? Yeah, okay. Uh, but thanks, guys, so much. Um, obviously, yeah, we're just, uh, we were going to do, we we're going to take a, a music break, but obviously, we're a little bit behind, so we're just going to go straight into this interview. So, yeah. So, what do you think? Just sort of wrap that, wrap that up. That was such an awesome interview. I think it was uh, the most thoroughly in-depth, honest, uh, moving features. We have Very similar to like Colin, you know, do you remember when Colin talked about his story, the guy who does the football stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah he, he did a really good, you know, it was very powerful what he talked I mean, I was about. Just reading, that really resonated. I was looking at their website, if yeah. you care, share, and just reading through their story and how it emerged, because I'd mentioned the wristband mm-hmm. and how it became this huge foundation now, which gets national good for attention. Them. And yeah, since 2011, and, and, she said as well. And the so, late I mean, Daniel siblings to do that. Oh, someone, uh, as Adele, forgot something. Yeah. Oh. Would you, um, do you want to go and get it now? If it's uh, what, what, what are you, what are you missing? 
Anyway, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, Sister Dell uh, is ran back in the studio because, like, she's left something. Is it a bag, I think? Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, I, I, usually some radio show host would just ignore that. I've decided to include it in the show. Because uh, you might, yeah, because you might have just heard, like, a random bag being, uh, yeah. being moved. But anyway, uh, we'll not ignore our guest any longer. Um, if you could just lean into the microphone when I talk to you, Caroline, that would be great. Can I see your full name? Are you willing to? Yeah. Oh, Carol, Carol, sorry. Carol Butler. Carol Butler, yeah. It's Caroline in my notes, so that's a bit weird. Yeah. But, I mean, but yeah, hi, welcome. Obviously, um, from Bernardo's, is that right? from Bernardo's yes. awesome awesome uh, so I guess uh, the best place to start in regards to asking you like what is your role involved in Bernardo's if you want to mention that to people I'm a children's services manager you could be a little bit closer sorry just so that uh, it's very that annoying but yeah, yeah that's better yes. <laughs> I can hear you in my headphones I'm a children's services manager for Bernardo's great and in particular with Orchid, Orchid Mosaic is that that's right pronunciation, I yeah. sort of manage Orchid Mosaic yeah. which is a, a service based in Jesmond mm-hmm. on Osborne Road mm-hmm. and how would you describe Orchid Mosaic is it I mean, when I was looking at the website, it seemed to me it was sort of a, a refuge, but not a refuge, as it were. The, 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 the kind of services that are on offer in terms of like therapy to vulnerable kids and, Absolutely. and even the uh, parents to vulnerable kids or, or even vulnerable parents to. Is yep. that right? Yeah. Yep. I think in terms of sometimes making a child's life better, mm-hmm. you need to work with the parents to yeah. help them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we uh, provide therapeutic services. We see about a thousand people a year, oh, right, um, right. and we provide. We have sort of contracts with the National Health Service with the CCGs to provide okay. therapeutic services for children where they've experienced trauma or loss. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, I, the reason I am, I'm very happy that a person from Bernardo's come in has actually worked for Bernardo's in the past um, as, a, as a freelancer. Oh, really? So yeah, yeah, I'm very happy. Like I, I often say, and I'm not just saying this because you're here, because this sounds like I'm, um, I'm, I'm buttering you up or something. <laughs> is that, uh, is that uh, I, I often say Bernardo's is one of the nicest charities I've worked for. Oh, I actually, that's really no, I really do generally uh, have a lot of time for them, and I volunteered with them before. So really, we um, we're very lucky. We have about. You know, recruit over 150 volunteers a year, and mm-hmm. they are essential to delivering yeah. the services, mm-hmm. and they are great for our service users mm-hmm. as well. So how, how long has Orchard Mosaic gone on for then? So since um, the early 90s, right. uh, we've been around. I think, sadly, there was a number of um, abuse cases in Newcastle, and there was right. a lot of children needed sort of support, specialist support. So right. we trained variously in different therapeutic modalities mm-hmm. so that we could support children and their families. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, so, in terms of like, um, I guess the bigger picture in regards to Bernardo's, is there any, is there any new, you, anything you can say? Because am I right in saying that Bernardo's sort of focuses particularly on still just children, or is that branched out yet? Is it, is it, is it? I guess what's the sort of grand scheme, grand scheme in relation to what you do okay. in terms of helping people? Bernardo's does a lot of different things. So, yeah. although we started sort of with you know Dr. Bernardo's way back yeah. and, and and orphanages. We um, we do have uh, still fostering and adoption services, so yes. we do that. Um, but we work with substance misuse. We work with mental health, obviously, which is why mm-hmm. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, we work with homeless people. Mm-hmm. We work with young carers. We work with care leavers. We work with children in care. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole range of different things that Bernardo's will do. I think we're the biggest children's charity, yes. and we see around sort of you know, 200,000 service users a year. Mm-hmm. So we have lots of different work that we do. Well, I guess the reason I'm asking is because I haven't worked with you guys before. There's a lot of stuff Bernardo's do that I think it's 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 underneath, I guess, the main motto of Bernardo's, which is why I'm sort of asking, because you do more than just, um, I guess, as you say, what was it originally founded on, yeah. is you do a lot more now, so it's kind of worth bringing up. Um, um, so I guess in terms of, like, uh, obviously, you know, because we do a mental health show, I guess we should talk about that, is I guess, like, what's the main sort of... Um, 
uh, in your experience, the main sort of mental health stuff that you come across? Like, what's the main problem, I guess? I, I guess it's a generalistic thing to say, but is there anything that mainstream... Is associated with, like, domestic abuse? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there anything like that? Yes, yes. Is a big mental health impact fallout from that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, there about, is, I mean. and particularly for children. <laughs> I, I think that, you know, children, if they've lived in homes and been scared, yeah. that mm. has a great impact mm-hmm. on them and on their identity and, and on their relationships yeah. and mm. on their mental health, just mm-hmm. as you were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, anxiety, low mm-hmm. mood... Um, and there's a lot of self-harm, sadly, with um, quite young children Which has well. been a theme of this show. We've, we've talked about suicide, obviously, because it's mm. a massively taboo subject, and we try and sort of talk about it because it's very, very, uh, uh, very, very sort of key. Well, going off on that, I was reading on the website, you have something called the Pyramid Clubs. Is that yes, right? Yeah, And that specifically deals with kids with sort of self-esteem issues that... Yes, I mean, I think that's an early intervention. So yeah. we work in schools sort of across the northeast where we will target quiet, withdrawn mm. children who are prone to being bullied potentially mm-hmm. or ultimately maybe vulnerable to being abused mm-hmm. as well because mm-hmm. they don't have much of a voice yeah. and, and they're quite quiet. So we've run pyramid clubs in conjunction with education for quite a while. Right. Uh, so unfortunately we were really pressed for time but uh, is there so in terms of like the, the stuff that you do is there anything is there any way people can get more information or you do you have an internet presence? Yes we have the sort of well Bernardo's is a big internet presence. Of course yes. And, um, we have <laughs> I meant a specifically website. for the stuff you do. Yeah, yeah. no we have a website. Yes. Uh, so yes people can visit that sort of Bernardo's or Okay, great. Um, are you on Twitter or anything like that? I mean, that's something I usually ask people is because I'm a Twitter fan. But um, we are as Bernardos. Yes. We aren't necessarily as Orchard Mosaic. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, well th- thanks to Matt Matt Beer, isn't it? Who recommended? Yes, it is. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're thankful for him and for you to come along. So mm-hmm. yeah. Is there anything? Is there anything you need to bring no, up no. or anything like that? No. But it, uh, we'll keep doing the good work. And as I, as I maintain, as a, as an ex uh, as an ex um, worker for Bernardo's, um, I really like that charity. So oh, thank um, you very much. So yeah, much. and I'm not like that with every charity I have to say, <laughs> but I will not reveal what I'm who I'm talking about. But yeah, thank you so much for coming in. And, uh, oh, you're thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Carol. Um, cool, right. I guess we'll end on mental health news. It's very quickly because we've never even had a chance. So, Steve, you want to come in and get? I guess you've got five minutes to be your beautiful self. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, uh, sorry, like we never got to you, but like oh, the, the okay. interviews were so brilliant. Uh, we usually, and I like mental health news usually. So yeah, let's do like um, uh, we'll do like like as if it's like you've just a, come a, from the green room because like I understand it's very kind of mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's we'll, all we'll, happening out there, isn't we'll it? We'll do it like it a bulletin. Obviously, hello, Steve. Uh, hello. Thank, thank, welcome back. Um, so we'll do it. We'll do it like a bulletin. So like we'll do like a minute, a minute of questions. So okay. like so, Steve. So let's do like a. We'll do. I'll do like this. So how I'd stay, and I'm going to do my own little like uh, jingle here. Like it's mental health news <laughs> with Steve. Right. Okay. Number one. Number one. <laughs> um, a survey has actually shown that stressed out teachers are now turning to drink and illicit drugs. I don't blame uh, them. I, I don't blame them. I mean, no, sorry. <laughs> and apparently. Half of the teachers in the country have seen a doctor for their mental health or physical health in the last year. Or an actual quite, half. Yeah, half the teachers of wow. this country, which I thought was quite amazing. So that's basically... And stress yeah. has been put yeah. down as the biggest uh, yeah. factor in this. Def- yeah. yeah. Oh, that's stress. interesting, because it's stress and obviously, you know, because we obviously have a mental health show. Stress and mental health are kind of really different. That's an argument yeah, in itself, but, I, but there are different, I would regard. Is that fair They're different, but... The line in between can often become... Yeah, it's very... Yes, so, yeah. that's a good yeah. point, yeah. I think it's a better way of saying it. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah. I guess, do you, I mean, just a very sort of quick response to that, do you think it's... Uh, but again, I think it's it's quite political, that, because you know that classrooms are getting bigger. Um, pressure of the job yeah, as well, isn't it? I mean... Cuts yeah. and so on and so on. Do, I mean, do you think... I, yeah, I guess, is it the expectation of teachers now that it's just they've got too much to and do? And, and, uh, and, there's too much put on them yeah. now. 
And that also has a, an effect on, on the children as well. They, they, they actually want to sort of test them at an early and early age. And I remember this quote from, a, I think, a, a doctor a few years ago, I was reading, that schools now, with the kids, it, you actually rephrase it as a mental health ticking time bomb. Yeah, as regards to the, the kids especially. It's just so because, I'm not surprised here that teachers yeah. are... Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. My, my cousin, for example, is a teacher, and, I've, and I actually wanted to be a teacher when I was at school. And uh, just oh, a very right. quick comment I want to yeah. say is that... Um, I haven't spoken to teachers, and the reason I stopped doing it is because the the the, the system's flawed. I mean, we've got no, not enough time to go into this, but mm-hmm. it's flawed in the sense of it's fact based. It doesn't let people sort of think for themselves. There's too much sort of paperwork. Mm-hmm. Um, most teachers, I mean, everyone says, "Oh, you get holidays and stuff." But teachers, like, as soon as they leave the school, they leave at like six o'clock at night, and, and then they've yeah. got to go and do homework and paperwork and stuff. And it's just yeah, I used it's to a get brutal, really stressed, brutal job. Stressed out with exams. You know what really helped me? Coursework. Did you have? Coursework? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Last week helped me enormously. Why universities? And I mean, I don't know if you would agree. See that get scrapped. I think. Would you agree with this? I mean, when I was at school, there was a lot of discipline there, and you respected a teacher. Whereas now, I I think there isn't that the same respect for teachers. Different point, but yes. But yeah, one of the problems with teachers, yeah, is they don't. They might. I mean, again, we've not got time to get into this, but um, but yeah, it's a good point in that I think they do feel like they're kind of not um given support. Yeah, exactly. When like you know, and obviously you get stuff like kids. Teachers can't be close to kids now, and that's something mm-hmm. I make an argument of. Is that when I first have a mental health issue, which is a very important point to make, yeah. um, when I was first started having signs of depression, the person I went to was my form tutor because I felt respectful enough that and she would treat it seriously. I think that happens yeah. a lot less now because of the whole social implications of a teacher getting close to a child, which um, is I mean, a in my in problem. my case, very quickly, it was just down to teenage angst. They didn't see that I was actually you know becoming exactly yeah, which is a problem. So yeah, next one, um, the number next two, one, number two, which I think is very. <laughs> Interesting. Eyes down for we're, a full we're house. We've all heard of this this brilliant <laughs> thing. Rank each mental health story in, in, in yeah, we importance. Yeah, we're not doing that yeah. in importance. Okay. We've all heard of virtual reality, and there is now a headset which has got a virtual body inside. And <laughs> apparently, you treat this virtual body with compassion and respect, and you sort of nurture it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, like you're and in Tamagotchi. I was gonna say, <laughs> and the idea <laughs> is <laughs> the idea is that you're if you're in Tamagotchi, go, the idea oh, is no, it's died. <laughs> <laughs> the idea is if you've got a mental health problem and they give right. you this headset, okay. it might actually teach you to be compassionate towards yourself. Oh God. And treat yourself just, just be with com- respect. Just be okay. compassionate, people, for yeah. God's sake. And anyway. they, uh, I'm, not gonna, <laughs> I'm not even going to let... I'm not even going to let... Move on, move on. Move on, the next one. <laughs> Number three. Um, blueberries can offer benefits for people suffering with post-traumatic stress disorder. I've, apparently. I've heard about yes. this. I've not. I've they, heard about this, I've yeah. They found something. But I do eat blueberries, actually. Honestly, the blueberries are like a miracle fruit. They because, are. They're, um, they're just they're used for bladder everything. control as well, aren't they? Yeah. For kidney, kidney infections. And yeah, they've and found out. I've read the story, yeah. so go on, yeah. Because apparently on. they reduce the genetic drivers behind depression and suicidal right. thoughts. Okay. And I've heard that blueberries are just the cure for everything. <laughs> so when you go out and night, buy some blueberries. Maybe that's how we should end today's show we have a minute we have like a minute left so i was gonna say like we should end by going so the key thing in mental health news today is buy more blueberries people blueberries <laughs> blueberries sponsors of today's mentally sound radio show go to your nearest fruit store and buy blueberries now anyone really fast quick one the last seconds. one we'll finish on is if you catch up your parents depression early enough if they do suffer from depression or a mental health disorder it can actually if your child's got asthma improve the child's asthma 
Uh-huh. The thinking behind that is if your parents are depressed and they get treatment and recognition for it early enough, mm-hmm. then there's a calmer sense and atmosphere in the home. Yes. And that mightn't, if your child's got asthma, it mightn't make them feel so stressed and bring on an asthma attacks. Uh, yeah, because yeah, stress okay. so, it relates to asthma, like how you feel. is. Yeah, that's yeah. a good, that's so, a very interesting. This is another example of the line between stress and, you know. And also showing that what, what, what you go through has an active, you know, consequence of, of those around yeah. you. Like, I think that's, a, that's the key point in that yeah. argument. Anyway. And I think you would treat your parents with blueberries. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, and the, yes, again, everything we've ever said today, the politicians and everything, the solve the solving of everything is blueberries. blueberries. <laughs> thank you. Thanks Steve. That's no, a very quick you. mental health news, but um thank God cuz that particular why, why, second why one. Why why MP guest never just said that's all blueberries. Yeah, yeah. Mr. <laughs> Trick there. Have you not read that's his manifesto? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> his his um his coat of arms <laughs> is blueberries. <laughs> It's like you had the monster loony party. You just don't feel a big blueberry costume. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, like Disneyland (laughs) or something. He's got blueberries. People (laughs) are dressed as blueberries. Anyway, uh, we've got ten. We've got ten seconds left. So all that needs us to say is thank you, everybody, for Manly Sound Show Four. Thanks, Steve. Thanks to all the guests. Uh, This has been Show Fourteen. Thanks, Ricky. And uh, we'll be back very soon for another edition of Mentally Sound right here on Gravity Radio North East. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Thank you.